Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, there was a weekend for you. The Jazz win. Don't look great doing it and lose Donovan Mitchell for a couple games. We'll get into that coming up in the Best of the Jazz post-game show later in this hour. But Donovan had some back issues, had to leave the floor, had to go to the locker room, came back, scored, played well, but also looked really uncomfortable at times. Clearly was stretching, was wincing, was getting uh, some kind of treatment on the bench, it looked like briefly. Uh, It wasn't great. And... Anyone can have their back tighten up, but I think back injuries with athletes freak everybody out. They sit on planes a long time. That can be a problem. A lot of careers have been ended. Locally, Mark Eaton, uh, Hall of Famers, uh, Larry Bird. Uh, but back pain's a problem. Anybody who's ever had it knows it's a big problem. So this doesn't sound like much, but you know, for a guy in his mid twenties, uh, doesn't doesn't seem great. And then he's you'll hear him say he'll point it out. You know, he felt better, and then he went up and dunked, which he could have just laid it in if he was protecting his back. So you don't have to get completely up in arms over this, but I also don't think it's something just to be blown off and ignored either. See where it goes from here. Doesn't have to be awful. Doesn't have to have have a big impact on this year, but it could. It could. You know. It's, you run into a pick, you get hit by a, a bigger guy, and, you know, in the NBA, most guys are bigger guys. We'll see how this goes. They did get the win. They are 11-2 and two in their last 13 games. But as great as that is, and any 11-2 and two stretch is good, the eyeball test doesn't match up. The record doesn't match up. You know, the Jazz record isn't as good as the Warriors, and the Jazz record isn't as good as the Suns. they got three more losses in both those teams. And they also have stretches where they just look really vulnerable. And if a team like the shorthanded Mavericks can get a 16-point lead, what would another team do? What would a better team do? If a shorthanded team like the Mavericks with no Doncic and 10 players can be down 10 in the fourth quarter and come back and make a game of it, what might the Suns do? And I think that's what's eaten at everybody. And Quinn addresses that, sort of, coming up. And the fact is, if the Jazz were blowing everybody out by 30 and looking great, even if they hadn't lost three or four games at home that they have lost, they've lost six total, and I don't think they'd be unbeaten at this point. But assuming they'd won two, three, or four of those and were right there with the other teams, we still wouldn't know anything for sure. But we'd feel better. We'd feel like there was a better shot. We probably won't know anything for sure until we get to the playoffs. But we'd feel like there's a better shot. Uh, as far as the football, uh, interesting weekend in the National Football League. Uh, we will get to uh, that coming up, and we're seeing bowl games go away pretty quickly now. And it's got to make you wonder about the Rose Bowl. Now, they're playing other games. So it's not like every game's going away. But it started with the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. That got shut down. And now we've got several more that have been shut down. So we'll get to all of that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. All the football, the college, and the pros coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, that was a real interesting week in the National Football League. A lot of stuff going on there. There are teams that are picking up speed, teams that are uh, playing better, teams that are falling apart at the worst possible time. What is wrong with them? Uh, Several games caught my eye yesterday. If you want to start at the top in the AFC and NFC with the teams battling for the one seeds, Green Bay, we were just talking about the Jazz. You know, why don't you drop the hammer? Well, a win is all you get credit for. Now, Green Bay was sweating it out there in the end in a two-point game when it looked like 
Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns, 200 yards passing at halftime. It looked like he could have had four or five touchdown passes, 350, 400 yards when it was all said and done, and he didn't. They really took their took their foot off the gas, but they won the game. And what does that matter? If they win their last two games, they're going to be the number one seed. They've got the better record. They've, they're, they're set. All they got to do is keep winning, and they'll get a first-round bye and a second-round home game. They've been in the NFC title game the last two years. They would have to win one playoff game to get there for a third straight year. So it wasn't as pretty as it could have been. Now, the team, if you're looking for a parallel, the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Baltimore Ravens for first place in the AFC North. And Joe Burrow basically has the same kind of first half. Actually, had a little better half than Rodgers had, if you can believe that. Instead of three touchdowns and 200 yards, he had three touchdowns and almost 300 yards. And he kept it going. He threw a fourth touchdown pass. He threw three in the second quarter and one in the fourth. And he threw for 525 yards, which is a Bengal record and one of like the top five yardage passing performances in NFL history. And it's funny because the storyline going into that game was, oh, no, the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson. And they don't have that young Tyler Huntley kid who looked so good. Of course, we've seen a lot more of him here because we watched him in college. So we got a lot of Ute fans following him and pulling for him. And uh, what are they going to do? It wasn't about the Raven offense. It was about the Raven defense. Defense. I mean, 525 yards. I mean, they gave up a 68-yard touchdown pass. There's just a guy running down the field by himself. Now, we actually are starting. We're getting to the point of the year where we're seeing more of that. We're seeing guys wide open. And mostly, they're on teams that have been decimated by injuries and teams that are out of the playoffs and have nothing to play for. And guys lose their focus and blow coverages and let guys run wide open for touchdowns. <laughs> But that's not the Ravens. The Ravens are supposed to have a really good defense, and the Ravens are playing for first place in their division. And if they don't win their division, they're still set up well for a wild card. Wow. None of that mattered. Guy running downfield all by himself. (laughs) Not a good look. Uh, One of the other games where we saw people running around wide open – the Bucks beat the Panthers 32-6, to and Brady, <laughs> Brady's just got guys running wide open by 5 or 10 yards. The Panthers are clearly in I-don't-care mode. That was not, that was not good. Uh, some, of the other, uh, some of the other big dogs, oh, the, uh, the Bucks did win their division, so that's, I mean, we all knew it was coming, but now it's official. They win the NFC South. Uh, Dallas is blowing everybody out, just annihilating Washington. That was humiliating, the way they just went – Play after play, possession after possession. It's like 14 nothing, and Washington won, had run one play, and it was an interception. Dallas wins 56-14, so they're going to win the NFC East. Tampa Bay is going to win the South. The Rams have taken over to lead in the West. That was not an impressive win, and Minnesota's a half-decent team. But the Ram defense is stoning Minnesota. I mean, they, Minnesota's got nothing going on offense. But Stafford's got three interceptions, and one gave the – Gave the Vikings the ball at the 10, and the Ram defense held him in and kick a field goal. The other gave the Vikings the ball like the one or two yard line, and they punched it in for a touchdown. So it's 13 10 in the third quarter, and it's turnovers that are keeping Minnesota in it. Now they got a big punt return, and Odell Beckham Jr. caught a touchdown pass. So the Rams win 30 23. Their game in front of the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are just coming apart. Three straight losses. They've lost five out of eight. I think they'll get in as a wild card. You know, we always hear about the team nobody wants to play. Yeah, well, the Cardinals are going to be the team that everybody wants to play. And this is three straight seasons that they have started fast, gotten to the end of October, and fallen apart. They were 7-0 and this year. This is probably the most dramatic year, starting 7-0. and And now just the, the wheels are coming off now. It just, it's, uh, it's not a good look. 
it is not a good look. They've only won three games since then. And they got to play the Cowboys next week, so that ought to go well. The uh, absolute uh, collapse of the week. I want to nominate Pittsburgh. Uh, they get blown out by the Chiefs 36-10. to 10. That's another game that got out of hand early. It was 23-0 at halftime. The Chiefs just didn't seem to have anything. They got one touchdown. They got it late after the game was over. It's a total garbage time TD. And Washington obviously got blown out by Dallas and looked awful. But the Chargers, who looked like not going to win the division with Kansas City winning eight games in a row, um, but they were set up to get a wild card and get a decent wild card, and they lose to the Texans. They give up 24 points to Houston in the fourth quarter. They were down going to the fourth quarter and just completely fell apart. They were down 17-15, give up 24 points and lose the game. Had a pick six mixed in there. As always, interceptions are an issue uh, in a lot of these games. Turnovers were definitely an issue. You know, Kyle Whittingham's been preaching forever, and it's just true up and down the NFL. You turn it over, and you got a chance to get beat, and it happens over and over. The Rams escaped it. The Rams, they were the exception to the rule. Man, the Colts, you're looking for a team that's coming on. Now, nobody's as hot as the Chiefs, and they've won eight in a row. And now the Patriots, I think, have won seven out of nine after they got beat by the Bills. Um, That was a strong performance by Buffalo to go into New England and win. And, and New England ran the ball, but Mac Jones had a terrible day. He was missing guys who were wide open, just wide open. Hunter Henry, and he and Hunter Henry were dialed in. And they got him off the deck a week ago against Indianapolis, a couple of touchdown passes. Henry's running wide open 20 yards downfield. It looked like one of the routes he scored a touchdown on. It was a similar kind of throw. Ball didn't come within five yards of him. It's shocking. NFL quarterbacks are so accurate. Even even the average guys are usually so accurate. Nope, not even remotely close. It was not good. Uh, but you got to give it up to the Colts now. They've they've won eight out of ten, and they are they are red hot. The Patriots are pretty hot, and the Chiefs are you know well they've won eight in a row. Nobody's hotter than that. But man, the Colts. Nine and six now. That was a terrible, terrible start. They lost four of their first five games. But uh, they're cooking now, and they beat the Cardinals, and they are the Colts are looking good. So uh, a couple other games. Haven't mentioned Zach Wilson yet. The game didn't mean anything because the Jaguars have two wins. The Jets have three wins. I saw a lot of you calling it the Clorox Bowl and the Toilet Bowl on social media. And the Jets got the win. They improved to 4-11, and 11, and Zach Wilson – Breaks off a 52-yard touchdown pat, or touchdown run on a third and five. He's in, in trouble, and he scrambles away and, and looked good doing it, and then just takes off down the sideline, bobbing, weaving, and, uh, and getting to the end zone. So, heck of a play. The stadium was probably third full, maybe half full. I don't think it was half full. I, I would guess about a third full. And, um, but the people there were going nuts. And then he took him down the field and got him a, uh, a touchdown and a field goal in the fourth quarter. And the touchdown pass on fourth and goal um, to Connor McDermott. And that was a, that was a big-time play right there. They had, uh, they had to get something. They had, at that point, it was a one-point lead. And he got him into the end zone, and then they added a field goal late, and they win uh, 26-21. So it's not going to be a great year for the Jets. That team has got a lot of holes to fill, a lot of places to get better. But – at least a, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of positivity and, uh, and a win there and a little hope of, uh, you know, a little hope of uh, something to come there. So uh, let's see. Any other games to get to? Seattle was eliminated, but we already knew they were out. Miami and New Orleans tonight. New Orleans with a win. 
would be 8-7 and seven and would be tied for that last wild card in the NFC. But Ian Book making his first start, it doesn't seem like they're going to do it. <laughs> Miami ought to win this. It's in the Superdome, so you never know. Maybe they get some turnovers, some field position early. Obviously, it'll help if they can run the ball, maybe get some short fields in there, turnovers, special teams plays, whatever it takes. Um, but it doesn't look good right now. does not look good. All right. Uh, there's the Monday Night Football game tonight. Now, the college bowl games, a little college football. We promised to talk about that. If you're a Ute fan and you're not sweating the Rose Bowl right now, I don't know how that is. You're, you're finally in the game. You've won the conference. You'd like to play in the game, sell out crowd. The sun is supposed to come out. It's been raining in California. It's been raining a lot. Um, it's going to continue to rain. <laughs> They're going to get a lot more rain in the next few days. But it's supposed to start to taper off on the 30th, clear up on the 31st, partly cloudy on the 31st, and sun on the 1st. We'll see if the forecast changes here going forward. Um, if there's one thing that Sterling Polson's told me uh, over and over again, the forecasts get a lot better 48 hours out. There's a lot fewer maybes and a lot less hedging. So let's get to, uh, let's get to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the forecast will continue to get more accurate. But... Right now, it looks like it's going to be good. So the question is, can both teams stay healthy? Can both teams avoid avoid COVID? Because we saw the Hawaii Bowl canceled. Hawaii had an outbreak on their team. Now, they didn't blame it just on COVID. They also said they have injuries and they have guys in the transfer portal. So you can lose your depth and lose your numbers at certain position groups for lots of different reasons. Um, and COVID was just one of the three Hawaii mentioned. Uh, we know transfer portal and injuries can be a factor too. So Hawaii and Memphis didn't play. Memphis got a trip out to the islands, took the trophy home apparently, and they got to go to Hawaii, but they didn't get to play a football game. Uh, now today, another bowl game has been wiped out. Uh, Wednesday, a bowl game has been wiped out. And Friday, it's the military bowl today. BC's got an outbreak, so they can't play. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall's last game at Virginia uh, was supposed to be their bowl game on Wednesday in, at Fenway um, at Fenway Park, but that bowl game's been canceled because Virginia's had an outbreak, so UVA doesn't have enough guys. So Broncos now done at UVA and that whole staff. Some of them landed jobs, and the offensive guys uh, have started landing jobs, and we'll see if a few more guys can land some jobs there. Um, and then Friday, the Sun Bowl. Uh, Washington State's supposed to play Miami, but Miami's a no-go. Now the Sun Bowl is still looking for someone to come play. Uh, SMU just got left high and dry. Uh, they were going to play in one of those bowl games that got canceled. I think they were going to play Virginia on Wednesday. Would they play Washington State on Friday? It limits your prep time. It's not the same thing. They are a Texas team. I know El Paso is the other side of the state. Um, in a different part of the country, they might be three states away. <laughs> but in Texas, yeah, it's the same state. Um, you know, and can they get some of these games off and let these kids play and have one more, you know, one more time out there and all that stuff. So that's intriguing to watch this and see which other bowls are going to get hit. It's hard to believe no more will get hit after these three. Um, but will the Utes be able to get the Rose Bowl in? I think a lot of the teams that played the early bowl games ought to, uh, you know, thank their lucky stars and all that stuff. Um, you know, BYU got their game in. Utah State got their game in. They played on that first Saturday, the second day of the bowl season. Um, it's going to be a little nervier here as we get closer to New Year's. Obviously, the Rose Bowl, the semifinals, uh, but other bowls too, the, the Sugar Bowl and, you know, on down the line. So... If you're a little nervous right now, we got a discussion going about this on our Facebook page. And, man, there are a lot of BYU fans who hope it gets canceled. But, see, the thing is, if you're a BYU fan, I think you're thinking Ohio State can blow Utah out. You don't want to let them off the hook, do you? Apparently, a lot of them do. And Ohio State leads the – we haven't been breaking it down a lot because the game's been so far away. We'll do more of it this week. But here's just a couple numbers for you. Ohio State leads the country in yards per game 
at 551 yards. Now, a lot of people think yards is the big thing. Some people say points. Well, they lead the country in points, too. 45 points per game. So 45 points and 550 yards is a normal game for Ohio State. Can you slow that down? Can they offset it by running the ball away Oregon and Michigan did? You know, both those teams ran for over 250 yards. Michigan almost ran for 300. They got real close, didn't quite get there. So those are the questions for the Rose Bowl, assuming they play the game. Uh, we'll get to all your comments, all your feedback coming up a little later. Right now we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Utah Jazz, they got the win. Not everybody felt great about it. And uh, the head coach knows that, and Quinn Snyder had something to say about it. And we'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz get the win. They beat the Dallas Mavericks 120-116 to 116 on Saturday. Actually, they, they got a couple wins, too, because we weren't on the air Thursday and Friday, and the Jazz won uh, on Thursday as well. So the Jazz have a nice little three-game win streak. They have won 11 of their last 13, and yet I don't think any of you feel really good about the way this is going. Jazz have the third-best record in the West. They also have the third-best record in the NBA. They're half-game in front of the Brooklyn Nets, who lead the Eastern Conference. So the top three records are all in the West. It's the Warriors, who had the big win over the Suns, head-to-head on Christmas Day, and still don't have Klay Thompson back. The league is chasing the Warriors again. The Suns are a half-game back, and then the Jazz are three behind the Suns, three-and-a-half behind the Warriors. And there's another half game to the Nets, who have the best in the East and the fourth best record overall. So the Jazz is sitting in a very good place. And it's true that if they had beaten some of the teams at home that we all think they were supposed to beat, looking at you, New Orleans, looking at you, Indiana, looking at you, San Antonio, maybe Washington, too, they could have the best record in the league. Now, what everybody really wants, what the ownership wants, what the coach wants, what the front office wants, what the players want, what the fans want, and what the media wants so the Jazz to win it all, to win a championship and at one time bring the trophy home, have the parade, be the kings of the world, right? Even if the Jazz had won all these games that, not all, but at least some of these home games they've dropped that look totally winnable, that look like they really messed them up. And even if the Jazz had won some of these games that they eked out more decisively, and I would say that the game Saturday against Dallas was definitely eked out 120 to 116 they won by four they could have won by 24 pretty easily why were they down by 16 in the first quarter why did they build a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and then give up a 10-2 run and find themselves in a two-point game with four minutes left against a team that was missing their star player in Luka Doncic missing 10 guys including several critical starters and or role players why were they in a game with these guys And why don't they play better? And the fact that they're not beating these guys by 24 points instead of 4 points, doesn't that mean that they're not going to match up with the Suns and Warriors in the playoffs? That's what's unsaid but is implied in all the questions that come Quinn Snyder's way. And he knows it. He can probably hear fans during the game. And he certainly hears the media questions after the game. And if he doesn't read what's out there on social media or what's buzzing around the community, he has people who hear it and tell him. And that can be family, that can be staff, you know, whatever. But it could be both, you know. He's too smart to be unaware. He's way too smart and too well-connected to be unaware of what his players are hearing from their spouses or girlfriends or extended family that come to visit or are watching games on the package out of town and texting. He knows. And he got the question after the game 
and he addressed it and basically came away saying this was a good win. Well, under the theory that any win is a good win and that the playoff seedings are decided by how many wins you have, not by whether you pass the eye test or not, he's got enough ground to stand on to make the argument. Having said that, any of us who used our eyeballs to watch the game would say that was not a good win. It was not a good win. There were way too many flat spots in that game for that to have been a good win. And Quinn, who can be very detail-oriented, and we know from quotes from Alec Burks and multiple times from Rudy Gobert on our own show, you don't want to be in the video. He sees everything, and if he misses it, there's an assistant coach or someone in the front office, one of the video guys, who sees it. Not only Quinn misses very much, but if he does... There's an army of 20 or 30 people (laughs) ready to see it and say, hey, what about that? So he knows mistakes were made, but he chooses to frame it because there's probably too much negativity for his taste. Or there's an awareness in his mind that it doesn't matter on December 26th. It doesn't matter. What matters is, can you win the four games in May and win the four games in June? And I think this is one place the NBA has evolved, and all of you who have been fans since the days of Stockton and Malone, but really even not that long, it, even Boozer and uh, Williams and Kirilenko and Okur and that crew, when the game was played with less finesse and when it was played with more power around the, the basket, the team that was better was almost always better. Now, with everybody counting on the three, including the Warriors, who won three titles— and might well be getting ready to win a fourth. But with everybody counting on the three, you know, that can come and go a little bit. When you got Shaq and Tim Duncan, they don't come and go. They're Duncan. In the case of Tim Duncan, sometimes he's out there banking in 15-footers. But even he got a lot of points around the bucket and at the free-throw line. Shaq was a little iffy at the free-throw line. But Shaq was the biggest guy every night. So if you were the best team in December, there was a pretty good chance you'd be the best team in March, which meant there was a pretty good chance you'd be the best team in June when it was time to raise the trophy. And that's why those two guys combined to win championship after championship after championship after championship. And they won eight titles in nine years. They just kept giving it back and forth to each other, except for the one year for some unknown reason. Well, we know why. The coach was writing a book in the back of the bus, and the two star players hated each other. Uh, the Lakers lost to the Pistons. But other than that, they, the big guys just hand it back and forth. Now it's a little more iffy. And I think everyone is aware of that. I think Quinn knows it. I think Steve Kerr knows it. Some nights, the three doesn't fall. And when it's such a big part of your offense, if it doesn't fall, you're probably in trouble. So I think Quinn wants to make sure there aren't too many definitive statements made now because there's time to improve between now and then. He knows the team isn't consistent enough, and it's not passing the eyeball test. And I think he has the video sessions to pass that along. But what really matters is the guys think they're in the mix and keep applying themselves. And Maybe the team will make a move at the deadline. They'll strengthen it. Maybe they won't. We'll see how that plays out. But can they get to the point where they win? Now, on a night, they were not great on defense, and they gave up 116 points, and Dallas was playing guys who may not be in the league in a week or two. <laughs> it's everybody At this point, all these teams that are having COVID outbreaks are signing guys on 10-day contracts, and maybe they'll get another one, and maybe they won't, and you know we'll just have to see. But the Mavericks did enough to stay close. But in the end, the Jazz won. And they won 11-13, so the eyeball test isn't there yet. All right, here's Quinn Snyder after the game. Uh, and he'll get the question. You'll hear his response. Here's Quinn talking about the win over the Mavericks as the Jazz win on Christmas night, 120 to 116. 
Quinn, what do you make of this one, given how many free throws there were and kind of how frantic it seemed to be uh, and, and kind of how close it was for the entire game, given that they were shorthanded? Yeah, I, I think, Andy, we can make too much of being shorthanded. You know, when, when you have, I mean, obviously, you know, with all respect to, to Luca and Hardaway and, and a lot of other guys, obviously, that, that weren't playing that are, you know, Luke and elite players and a lot of, you know, really, really good players. So, but having said that, you know, you, you get a guy like Jalen Brunson, um, you know, who can handle the ball and control the game at the point. Um, you know, Porzingis is a, is a difficult matchup and particularly in a game like tonight where they are um, shorthanded, you know, he's in some different situations. I, I thought, the frantic part of it was just us fouling, you know, and I, I thought that really hurt us, uh, particularly in the first quarter um, because it, it slows the game down, you know, it allows them to change defenses and, um, you know, we're not able to play it at a pace that we want. Um, but, you know, everybody, you know, this team, you know, beat Minnesota, they're, you know, they're, you know, you look at it throughout the league, I think it's been consistent when, Sometimes teams are short, shorthanded or depleted. It used to happen to us in, in the D League all the time. Um, you know, there's guys that are just waiting, you know, for opportunities and they're playing without any fear. You know, Pinson sitting big shots. Keena played very well. You know, so um, I, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought, you know, I don't you know, roster, no roster, our roster, their roster. I thought it was a really good win, particularly given Christmas Day. Um, 8.30 game, you know, I thought our guys, you know, didn't get off to a great start, but I, I thought we really buckled down and it was a good win. Quinn, in that first half and the first quarter, while fouling definitely was an issue, what did you see maybe on the defensive end that um, kept you guys maybe from kind of breaking that lead, um, especially in, in that first quarter? Yeah, you know, I, I thought – Early on, we, we played good defense on, on Jalen Brunson, and it um, he made a couple tough shots over the top of us. Um, and then, as I said, and you mentioned, I thought, you know, Porzingis, when we came over even with our bigs, you know, we went for shot fakes and put him on the line. So um, they got a few things with those two guys, and I thought that settled them in. Um, and it gave the rest of their team, you know, confidence and when when that happens and you know you follow that with the, the ball seems to go in um so i you know again you know i don't i don't think i think i think we were ready to play um we weren't as sharp mentally there was a couple transition defense situations where we got caught backpedaling so a lot of little things like that that, that really really add up Q, uh jc didn't have a great night shooting the game but he contributes in other ways, eight rebounds for assists. He had a couple nice uh, defensive plays, especially, you know, midway and late through the fourth quarter. What can you say about just the ways that he's able to start kind of impacting the game now beyond just uh, his usual scoring? You know, he's, he's locked in, you know, and I think, you know, he has the ability when he's in the lane, you know, to, to score, but also, you know, to draw people and make plays. And, you know, he's poised in there. You mentioned defensively, there was one time, 
you know, it looked like they were going to get a late bounce pass, you know, to a big, to a roller. And he cracked down from the, um, from the perimeter and got a hand on the ball. And, um, again, you, you mentioned it. I, I thought, you know, his aggressiveness, getting loose balls, you know, getting rebounds in a crowd. And, you know, there was a couple of times he could have had a few more assists. I thought he made a few passes that, you know, we could have converted and normally do, but, um, I, I think we've told him too, you know, we're not going to judge him on whether the ball goes in or not. You know, he's trying to take good shots and involving people and playing defense. And boy, that's, I'll take that any day of the week. All right. There is Quinn Snyder. Now here is Rudy Gobert and Rudy who's been pretty hard on the teams uh, at times also, uh, presented it more as a mixed bag, you know, with some positives and some negatives. Here's Rudy after the game. Rudy, you guys um, are 22 and nine. Um, uh, get, getting through Christmas, uh, you're approaching January, where you guys are going to see a lot of good teams. Where do you assess where you guys are at right now, and and what are your thoughts on, on where you guys are at right now? I think we obviously 22 and nine is. Not bad when you look at it, but uh, when you look at the few games that we lost, we should have won, uh, you know, and just on a few little details or, you know, last second shots or games that we were, you know, we didn't play the right way and then we let slip away. Um, you know, we could be, could be 20, we could have 26 wins right now. So it's, uh, for, for me, I think it's just, we got to keep getting better. You know, even tonight, uh, you know, they scored 116 points. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a good win, obviously, but it should, uh, yeah, it should, we shouldn't get used to that. We don't want to get used to giving up 116 points. And we got, uh, obviously, we've been, we've been better offensively. That has, it's been our best offensive year over the, since I've been here, but uh, we got to keep our identity too defensively. And when we do that, we we're gonna score even more. So just uh, just a lot of room to to grow uh, and keep getting better. Rudy, where do you think the issues were in the in the first half? I think we started the game. Um, they were they were really comfortable. You know, we we let them. Uh, we 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 weren't physical. Uh, you know, we weren't pressuring the ball. Um, I was a little too low also on the screen. They just got a little comfortable. And, uh, and also we turned the ball over, you know, a few times and, uh, they were able to score in transition of our turnovers or of our like long missed shots. So, you know, we, we know that we need to, we've had that in the last few games, uh, you know, especially against teams that are missing, uh, key players. Usually we, we, we need to, yeah, we need to lock in a little more and then, and I think we need to start the game as if we, you know, we're down 10 or down 15. And if we do that, I think we're going to set the tone. Uh, and we've done that, you know, but it's just got to be consistent regardless of who we play, who is injured. Uh, you know, if we want to be the, the team that we can be, I think we, we're going to have that mindset every single night, uh, you know, and compete with ourselves, you know, no matter who we play. And you last saying, Sublet Tribune. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, there were a ton of fouls tonight, a ton of free throws, right? So I'm curious, how much of that do you think was refereeing? How much of that do you think was you guys not being in the right spots defensively? Kind of what did you see out there that made the game as kind of frantic and as foul heavy as it was? 
I was a little bit of both, to be honest. But uh, I think uh, it's on us for the most part. You know, we we a small defensive team, and and we can put the team, we can put somebody on line twenty twenty one times in in, in a half. You know, uh, you know, it's it's discipline. We got to show our hands, uh, especially having me back there. You know, uh, like let, let's make guys. We want to make guys earn the points. You know, if they're gonna make contested shots. Let them make contestant shots, but we can't. Yeah, we got to be better. Uh, usually, we we've been great doing that, but tonight we, you know, we 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 reach down a little too much, and we we bear them out. You know, we bear them out. We instead of them taking tough shots, we we send them to the line, and then they get this. They get to set their defense too. We're not able to run, so it's um it's uh it's something that we we've been good, and we're gonna be good at. It. You know, we, we have a little slippery press today, but we, we'll be better. Rudy, where have you seen uh, JC really kind of start to have more impact on the team aside from just his usual scoring? Uh, JC's been amazing. He's been, uh, you know, his, his growth as a, as a player this year, you know, I think he's, you know, his maturity, the way he now is looking to, to make the right plays, looking for his teammates. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been great for us. And the second unit now is like, you know, I feel like it's because JC is doing that, you know, the balance offensively is, is amazing. And he's still shooting the ball. He's still very aggressive. He's still scoring. But him being able to, to find his teammates and punish the defense for, you know, for helping on him. Uh, you know, takes us to another level, and uh, it's credit to him. You know, he's been he's been working on it. You know, he's been watching a lot of film too, and uh, and uh, it, it takes our team to another level. All right, there is Rudy Gobert. Now, before we get to Donovan Mitchell, uh, here's the deal with Mitchell. All the basketball aside, uh, there's a couple things, and, and some of this, um, you know, I watch it on uh, I watch it on Zoom and on the audio. You can pick some of it up, but. Um, He's going to get asked a question. As he sits down, he looks down, he says, yikes. He's clearly looking at the stat sheet. And uh, Deseret News reporter Sarah asks him, uh, you know, what was that yikes about? It's about his plus minus. Now, plus minus isn't everything, okay? But generally speaking, if you're a pro basketball player, you want the team to be winning when you're on the court. So you want a positive number next to your team. Now, in any one game, crazy stuff happens. And depending on how both your coach and the opposing coach uh, use their substitution patterns, uh, your number can be better or worse. And I think one of the all-time easy examples to remember is when Howard Isley was brand new at the Jazz and he had to play because the Jazz didn't have a good backup point guard for Stockton. And Stockton couldn't go 48 minutes because he was in his 30s. they would play Isley with the other four starters, and John would be the only one out of the game. And Isley's plus minus always looked good because he'd bring the ball up court, he'd throw it to Jeff Hornacek, he'd get the heck out of the way and not muck stuff up and let Hornacek and, and Malone go to work. And if Russell Ostertag had to help, fine. As Isley got better, all of a sudden he was out there with the second unit. And it didn't always go as well, but they were resting all the starters. And Isley would get out there with Shannon Anderson, well, Brian Russell, maybe not all starters were resting, but a lot of them were resting. Stockton Malone and Hornacek could be resting. And those guys, they just went out there and held their own and only got outscored by two or four points. That was a huge win. Because when the starters came back in, you are getting crushed. So you got to be careful with plus minus. You know, who are you on the court with? 
How many of your team stars are on the bench when you're out there? And who do you have to go against? That's the other thing. So, you know, are the other team stars out there? Are you going against the other team's second teamers because your coach is using you carefully? But nonetheless, player Donovan Mitchell's status does not want to look down and see minus 18 for his plus minus. My team is getting worked when I'm on the floor. That's not good. Not not good at all. And Mitchell went for 33 points. He scored it. But he only had three rebounds. He only had three assists. Uh, you know, those numbers could have been a little better. He only shot one of seven from three. What he did was get to the free throw line to be real efficient. And here when free throws are supposed to be down, this game, oh, man, 72 free throws, most in the NBA this year. 35 of them for the Mavs and 37 of them for the Jazz. That's a lot of free throws. Uh, but the really telling thing to happen with Donovan is that he had to go. He had to leave the game and go to the locker room. And what happened? And he came back, and he played pretty well. But you could tell at times he landed once after a layup. He was clearly in pain. Uh, a couple other times running up and down court, he was just wincing. Uh, not getting hit or anything, just jogging, changing ends after a, after a free throw or after a bucket or whatever. Uh, and he got worked on on the bench once when all the cameras were focused on him. And he said after the game, uh, you know, it's his back, but he says it's fine now. Okay, that's what he said after the game on Saturday. But then on Sunday, the word comes out, he's not traveling with the team. He's not going to the next two games. They're at San Antonio tonight, and then they go to uh, Portland. And he's not playing in those two games. Now, will he not play more games after that? I suspect he'll be back, but there's no guarantees. We'll just have to see how that plays out. Uh, it's not a good sign when you're in mid-20s and you have back problems. And it could be nothing. These could be the only two games he misses all year, and it could be fine. But it's also a little on the worrisome side. Uh, back problems have been a problem for lots of players in lots of sports. And no Jazz fan wants back problems anywhere near Donovan Mitchell. So here's Donovan after the game. A little bit about the game, a little bit about the uh, the plus minus, and a little bit about his back injury. And he completely downplays it, although now we know he's not going on the trip. All right, here's Donovan Mitchell. Donovan, I think we've talked about this a little bit when you guys have had um, like double-digit leads that, and you've let them slip a little bit. But is it concerning maybe that you know, against a team that's missing a lot of people. And I know, I know that you guys are going to say that, you know, you have to be ready to play against anyone and it's the NBA, but to, to be down that, that much at the start of the game and to kind of have to fight through one. No, I don't think it's disturbing. I think, you know, first off, you know, I know, like you said, I was going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, like I know they're missing Luca, but you know, Jalen Brunson, you know, is a hell of a player. Um, Frank Mean King's a hell of a defender. Chris Stapps is Chris Stapps, you know. So they got guys, they got chemistry, they got flow, and they were they were executing really well. And they took they capitalized on us not executing, you know. So the biggest thing is how you respond, you know. So it's it's one thing to sit here and say, man, it keeps happening, but how are we responding? You know, I think is the biggest thing for us to pull out a win. You know, last year, I don't know if we you know pull this one out, you know, the way we did. You know, that's the sign of growth and continuing to grow as a team. And it's not always going to be pretty, man. It's not going to be you know, sunshines and rainbows, you know, you would think, you know, guys out at the typically everybody's like, Oh, you know, they're going to come out and we're going to come out and do what we do. But at the end of the day, those sometimes are the tougher, tougher games to be honest. Cause you don't really know what's going to happen. You know, when Luke is out there, you kind of know where it's going and it's, it's happens, you know, like that, but you got to give credit where credit is due to them. They executed the game plan and, you know, but at the end of the day, we were able to do what we do and, and continue to fight and continue to plug away. And, you know, I think that's, that's what we're most focused on. How do you guys deal with some of the dynamic guys that you see? Like you, you saw, you know, Jalen Brunson, who's dynamic at the point of attack tonight. 
you're going to see, you know, DeJounte and, and, and Derek and Keldon uh, on Monday. You're going to see Dame on Wednesday. And then you're going to see Steph uh, next week. I mean, so, you know, what do you, yeah. what do you say to the fact that that allows you guys to, to work on a lot of this stuff that you want to work on it? And, and how do you deal with seeing all those guys consecutively? Yeah, I think it, it's, I, I can equate that to the road trip we just had before. Um, you know, when I told y'all, you know, it's a big road trip for us, just kind of see where we're at. And this is the same thing, you know, kind of just seeing where we're at as, as a group. You know, you have, you know, tonight, you know, you got Jalen Brunson attacking in the mid-range. You got Chris Stapps posting up. That's the game plan there. You got tomorrow, you know, moving the ball, keeping our man in front, you know, against uh, the Spurs. Then you got Dame, who's the point of attack uh, the next day, the next game. Then you come back, It's I think it's Minnesota again, you know, and then we got Steph, you know. So there's different game plans, but at the end of the day, you know, we got to go out there and execute it. And I think that's what we, you know, I think for us, just building game by game, you know, and understanding that, you know, this each game calls for different schemes, calls for different things, but the consistent thing is we got to defend and we got to lock in. And I think we, you know, we ended up doing that throughout the course of the game. It's like I said, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be rough, but, you know, continuing to do that against, you know, this upcoming trip. And then when we come back um, and staying locked in, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, I'm, I think we're looking forward to it. Donovan, I think when you sat down, you uh, looked at the box score and said, yikes. <laughs> I'm curious what you were looking at. Minus 18, Andy. Unacceptable. Um, you know, that that's kind of where I'm looking at it, you know, and, and sometimes the plus minus is skewed. Sometimes it's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, minus 18. Boyan even said it to me as well. You know, we could be better uh, as, as a group, you know, and I think that's, that's really where it's at. Never settling and always trying to find ways to get better. I think tonight, you know, the minus 18 can be brought up. Maybe it's defensively, maybe it's offensively. However it is, I'll go back and look at it and figure it out. But that's where the yikes came from. And then I want to ask, uh, you you sat for a minute or went to the locker room with a back issue of some sort? Kind of what happened there? Yeah, um, when I threw the pass to Mike, you know, it just – I don't really know how to describe the feeling, but it's just like when you can't move, you get to kind of stand straight up. Uh, but I got worked on and, you know, I dunked right after that. So I was all right. He's frozen. Nope, he's not frozen. Okay. It seemed like you had a little bit of extra emotion, especially at the end of the game. You threw the ball up, even hit the scoreboard. What was uh, part of that? Man, it's Christmas. It's a Christmas game, man. Like, you know, I, I said it in the post-game interview, man, like this. I grew up watching these games from 12 to 12. <laughs> um you know, just wanting to be here in this position. Um, you know, I know how I feel about being in the NBA. I've, I've said it many times in interviews. But to play on Christmas, it's special. You know, it means, one, we're doing something right as a group, as a team. Uh, but as well, it's just an honor, man. It's like the biggest holiday in, in sports for us. And, you know, to be able to play on that day, it's extra emotion, extra drive. And <clears throat> I think Ryan asked me the other day, you know, is it different, you know, when guys are out or whatever. Like, no, man, it's, it's playing on Christmas. My mom's birthday's tomorrow. Got your family in town. Like, you know, this is what you ask for, you know, when you're, you're a kid. It's, just, it's one step shot from the playoffs. You know, I mean, everybody's excited. Everybody's locked in on your game. There's only five of them. And, you know, watching the games, leading up, watching guys compete. It's, it's, it's honestly, man, it's like, it's, it's truly a blessing. And I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. You know, I think that's the biggest thing, having fun with something that I've wanted to do as a kid. Uh, so to be out there playing on Christmas, you know, I think that's where that drive and passion comes from. <clears throat> and just having a great time doing the game I love on a, on a, on a day like today. All right. 
you know, kind of piggybacking off that a little bit. What does it mean to hear the MVP chance coming from the fans on Christmas day in a game that means that much to you? Yeah, I missed a free throw, man. It can't happen. If, if I want to be that, it can't happen, right? <laughs> nah, but like I said, man, it's it's truly a, a blessing to be able to to just have that chant in general. You know, it's not no secret. I'm not going to say like I don't hear it. You know, it's obvious. But, you know, it's the biggest thing is just continuing to find ways to win with the, throughout the team. And my teammates trust me. Um, my coaches trust me. I go out there and try and do what I do on a nightly basis. But on a night like tonight, you hear that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. It's it's something as a kid, you know, I wouldn't have dreamed of, you know. So it's, it's truly, like I said, very appreciative of playing on this day, as you guys can kind of tell, because this is this is truly special for me. And just to have that happen, I think it's, it's incredible. So I'm thankful. And, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to, to you all. So thank you. There's Donovan Mitchell after the game. And now for a little more, here is Jordan Clarkson, who once again provided a real spark, had a spectacular dunk in the game Thursday. Just an outstanding dunk. Came back with uh, 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Did not shoot the ball well, but did a lot of other stuff. His 12 points came on 4 of 13 shooting. That's not good. Uh, But he had the 8 rebounds, which is a big deal. He had the 4 assists, which is a big deal. And the team was plus 22 when he was on the court. The bench played great. When Rudy Gay and Clarkson and Ingles got in there, the Jazz went on some runs. Here's Jordan Clarkson after the game. Jordan, um, be honest with me. Which would you rather have, uh, a steal that gets the crowd fired up or hitting a three in someone's face? Uh, I mean, the three is pretty lit. I've been shooting the ball like trash this year, but uh, – Right now, I think the steal, um, playing hard, uh, just bringing that energy, I think that's been a, a real big uh, thing for me um, this whole year. Even though, you know, shots ain't falling like I want them to. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm just trying to find different uh, facets of the game that I could affect the game and impact it. So right now, probably a steal, getting us in transition and, and getting a uh, lob to either Hassan or, or Rudy. JC, you've talked about how like defense has been a big focus for you this year and, and you want it to be a big focus. And I'm curious kind of like what the day-to-day of that is like. Is that you working on that at practice? Is that you watching more film than you used to? I mean, kind of what is at the actual difference in, in your defense this year versus years previous? Uh, getting a little bit more sleep, uh, taking some naps. Um, just focusing on that end. Um, you know, I, sometimes I'm not always there uh, defensively, uh, sometimes uh, mentally, but uh, just coming in when I know it's time and we need it. And, uh, you know, I, I really got to lock in on that end and uh, make plays. You know, I, I feel like I'm uh, giving more effort on that end. So for me, it's just uh, just all a mindset, um, knowing that, you know, if I – Start on the defense end, offense is just going to come. So um, that's what I've just been trying to hold my hat on this year and uh, bring energy on that end. Kind of piggybacking off of what Andy asked, are you are you guys a team that, that you know, is built to defend in the regular season or are you guys a team that's more defend, built to defend over the course of a, of a seven-game playoff series? Uh, uh, shoot, we built to defend anything, uh, to be honest with you. I think we've been trying to figure all that out uh, this year. 
uh, just from the series and uh, experiences that we had last year in the playoffs. Um, I think we've been trying to make a bunch of, you know, changes and, um, you know, really focusing on that end and putting our hard hat on when it comes to that. So uh, when the playoffs come, I think, uh, you know, we'll be more prepared and ready for that. You know, we've been doing a lot of different things defensively, uh, I think, in a regular season. So uh, we'll be ready. All right, there's Jordan Clarkson coming up next. What is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. <laughs> Ready for the shotgun snap. Joe has the ball. Drops back three steps. He fires. And it is caught by T. Higgins. Touchdown, Bengals. As he ran a post pattern, got position inside of Daryl Worley and hauls in Burroughs. Fourth touchdown pass of the game. It's the first time in Joe Burroughs' NFL career he's thrown four or more. Stafford with Michelle in the sidecar on his right hip. Has the snap. Retreats to throw. Ready to let it go. Cuts it loose to the end zone. OBJ touchdown LA. Wilson takes the snap. Jaguars come with a blitz. Here they come. Wilson eludes the rush. He's going to take off. He's got plenty of running room and he's going to scamper for a big game. 30, 25, still in bounds at the 20. Makes a miss at the 10. He could go. Wilson dives. Touchdown. Touchdown, New York Jets. Williams stays in. They fake it to him. Slant. Cut by Pringle. Off the hit. Darts back inside. Touchdown, Kansas City. Byron Pringle with an outstanding catch and run. Dusting two Steelers and into the Sweet Nectar. And the Chiefs lead 29 to nothing. Prescott in the gun. Elliott next to him. Back looking left, looking middle, looking left. In the end zone. It is caught. It is a touchdown. It is Amari Cooper. The NFL counted down. Three weeks left in the regular season, down to two, except for the Monday night football game. There's highlights from around the league. PK, the big dogs win again. The Packers hold off the Browns. The Chiefs blow out the Steelers. They've got the best records in their respective conferences. And the Chiefs have won eight in a row. They got the mojo going, just blowing the Steelers out. But wouldn't they be the big dogs if they have to? Wouldn't they have to win if they're the big dogs? If they don't win, they're not the big dogs. See, there you go. I love that logic. Green Bay not pulling away from anybody. Dallas humiliating Washington in the Sunday night game. Tampa Bay blowing out Carolina in a half full stadium in Charlotte. And the Rams taking over the West. Matthew Stafford was hardly brilliant. Three picks, kept the Vikings in the game. Gift wrapping a great field position at the one-yard line and at the 10-yard line, but eventually the Rams got it done and beat the Vikings to take over the lead in the NFC West. Well, there was three surprises for me. It was the margin of victories for Kansas City and Dallas, and then the negative would be the Chargers losing. 41-29, the Texans get 24 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Chargers. So that uh, wild card race in the AFC, the Chargers doing a lot of teams a favor right there. Raiders taking advantage of that, beat the Broncos 17-13, so they're 
Eight and seven, tied for that last playoff spot in the AFC right now. Monday Night Football, the Dolphins and the Saints. Game kicks off at 6.15 on ESPN. Hey, did the Bills surprise you at all going in and beating the Patriots? No. They had been. The Bills had been fading, and the Patriots had won seven out of eight, but Buffalo went in there and got it done and took control of their division. I think the Bills are the best team in the division. It's a long, long season here with so many twists and turns. You have to let it play out. They're not a great team. If you're not a great team, you're probably going to have some peaks and valleys. Uh, but I still think their talent is better than the Patriots. And Josh Allen is a very good quarterback, and he was on his game. Bengals took control of their division, too, beating the Ravens 41-21. Joe Burrow was racking up stats like he was back at LSU. 525 yards and four touchdowns. All right, tonight, Dolphins and Saints. Saints need a win to stay tied for that last wild card berth in the NFC. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Bowl games falling left and right, PK. We'll get to that in our question of the day, but the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve was canceled. The Military Bowl isn't happening. The Fenway Bowl isn't happening. And uh, Washington State needs an opponent, or the Sun Bowl won't be happening because Miami withdrew from that game. Uh, Virginia and Boston College also pulling out a game, so the Military and Fenway Bowls won't happen. Monday, Wednesday, Friday... Game's getting affected uh, every other day starting today. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Western Michigan and Nevada. Quick lane bowl at Ford Field starts at 9 a.m. today on ESPN. That'll be the only game today. And Wyoming taking an unusual step as they seek a new starting quarterback. Following the decision of former starters Levi Williams and Sean Chambers to enter the NCAA transfer portal, head coach Craig Bowl released a statement on Friday which read, Cowboy football will address the need to sign a quarterback via the transfer portal or junior college. We believe this is a great opportunity for a transfer quarterback to make an impact in our program. We've seen that before when we brought Josh Allen into our program, and we're excited for the next chapter of Cowboy football. It's basically a help wanted ad on social media. Help wanted, starting quarterback needed. Back up two. Yeah, I don't know that that's any different than what they already do. He just went public with it. But I think in football circles, you're already doing that. And so that that's going on behind the scenes constantly. And now it's right out there in the open. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. 22-9 is not bad when you look at it, but uh, when you look at the few games that we lost, we should have won just on a few little details or last-second shots or games that we, you know, we didn't play the right way and then we let slip away. You know, we could be kind of 26 wins right now. So it's uh, for me, I think it's just yeah, I keep getting better. We've been better offensively, you know, best offensive year since I've been here. But we're gonna keep our identity too defensively, and when we do that, we're gonna score even more. Just a lot of room to to grow and keep getting better. That's Rudy Gobert after the Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks. They've won three in a row. They've won 11 of their last 13. But it didn't really pass the eyeball test, beating a very shorthanded Dallas team, 120-116. to But a win is a win, PK, and they just count them up at the end of the year when they set the playoffs up. Yeah, the great Kurt Heelan, I think he writes for Yahoo, says the Jazz don't look like contenders right now. He's right. They don't look like contenders right now. No, I saw it on Yahoo, man. I saw he may be for NBC Sports, but I saw it on Yahoo because I never look at NBA, NBC Sports nor NBA Sports for that matter. Yeah, but they don't have to look like contenders right now. 
It wouldn't look, do, do them any good, right? They looked like contenders last year, had the best record in the NBA, and went out in the second round. It'll matter in May and June. Will they look like contenders but then, though? That's a great question. And you'd like to see them look like contenders now so you can have a little more confidence, even if it's false confidence. I don't think there's any such thing as false confidence. I know, but I was pulling out a great BYU football quote you gave us. Okay. Getting a quarterback ready. I think it was uh, Brandon Doman talking about Max Hall before his sophomore year. Got, I don't remember. He's got confidence now, but he's got false confidence. I, I think it may not be proven confidence, but I think if you've got confidence, you've got confidence. Well, the Jazz had the uh, had a 16-point hole to dig out of in the first quarter, and they did a good job of doing that. And they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, but let the Mavericks back into the game with a 10-2 run. But eventually, they get the win. And Donovan Mitchell has a back strain. He will miss the team's two-game road trip. So no Donovan tonight in San Antonio. No Donovan on Wednesday against Portland. Yeah, man, it's almost like about time. They've had tremendous help while other teams have had so many guys in and out of the protocol. And if it's just two games, you'll take that any time. I don't know that it'll be just two games. They announced the two, and then I guess we'll just have to see after that. See how he's feeling when he gets to the Friday home game with Minnesota and see what happens. But bigger role for Joe Ingles. So Joe, and actually Joe was, uh, had a big impact coming off the bench in this, in this game against Dallas. But How about Jared Butler, man? Is he still playing for the team? <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever in the preseason. Yeah, the Jazz got an time. A based on preseason. <laughs> you, you'd love that. Jazz open that road trip against the Spurs tonight with the game getting underway at 6.30. Our coverage begins with Jazz game night, the pregame show, at 5.30 here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Here's Niang for three. That's no good. Harold bumps it, beat and beat getting the rebound and scores it. And he turns around and yells at Harold, just shoved him. And that's got to be a T, and that is. And Montrez Harold is out of here. Levine turns the corner on the right baseline to the rack with a right-handed layup. It's the Zach Levine show at the United Center, and welcome to the party. Top of the key, Monte Morris. Monte guarded by Bledsoe. Back to Jokic in a three. Yes! All right, highlights from the NBA. Joel Embiid goes for 36 points and 13 rebounds to lead Philly to the 117-96 win over the Wizards. And Montrezl Harrell is out of here. Sounds like like a a home run call, call. huh? I know, it's a baseball call. Out of here. Denver Nuggets beat the Clippers 103-100. Jokic, 26 points, 22 rebounds, 8 assists. Monster game for him. Clippers, this is going to be really hard. Kawhi Leonard was out. Now Paul George is out. Back to your point about uh, protocol and injuries hitting so many teams, and the Clippers have been hit hard. Paul George out three to four weeks, dealing with a torn UCL in his elbow. You don't, The ACL and the MCL get a lot of run. The PCL and the knee get some run. The elbow ligaments don't get as much run, certainly not the UCL. UCL is typically Tommy John. The ulnar collateral ligament. Oh, you also heard Zach Levine in there with 32 points as the Bulls beat the Pacers. The Jazz play the Spurs tonight. Spurs will be going back-to-back, sort of, barely. That was just a break of light sweat. 
humiliate the Pistons and move on. San Antonio wins 144-109. to Spurs beat the Jazz uh, here in Utah. And during this stretch now, not only the one over the Jazz, but now 10-5 and in the last 15. They've moved into 10th place in the West, and they got off to such a horrible start. They're still four games below 500, but 10-5 and in the last 15, they're playing much, much better. I thought it was a great opportunity for the Jazz to have the Spurs play so well. They shot 56% from the field, and they were one shot away from shooting 50% from three. That doesn't continue. They must miss shots. The law of numbers says it is so. You cannot keep up that pace. If you keep up that pace, you'll be 15-0 and zero in your last 15. <laughs> True story. Shoot your way to victory. Uh, Desmond Bain went for 28. Memphis blows out Sacramento 127-102. to 102. The Grizzlies fourth in the West, four games behind the Jazz. They're getting some separation now, two and a half up on the Clippers and three up on the Nuggets, so... Yeah, and Alvin Gentry calls out the Kings for an atrocious effort and was ridiculous. And meanwhile, the paychecks keep coming in to the point where somebody like Hassan Whiteside can buy a car for $330,000. There are no losers in pro sports. Nope. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU finishes third at the Diamond Head Classic in Hawaii thanks to an 80-75 win over Liberty. No champion in that tournament. The title game was called off, didn't happen. But BYU ends up finishing third, and they go 2-1 and one out in the islands. They tied for the most wins. <laughs> good, good point. Way to find the silver lining. That was awesome. <laughs> Uh, BYU gets that win, and they improve to 11-3 on the season. they got a tune-up game coming up with Westminster next. So that ought to be 12-3, and and then in, off into conference play in the West Coast Conference for the next to last season. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, 8 o'clock today, Rose Bowl update. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman at 8 o'clock. And Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9.05, right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The question of the day about the Rose Bowl. Coming up next, stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Frank Schwab joins us from Yahoo Sports. Tyler Huntley, is he going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL at some point next season or the following? Uh, maybe the following, but here's my thing. If I'm the Ravens, my starter plays a certain style. Lamar Jackson, he runs a lot. He's exposed more to injury than most quarterbacks. Now, I'm not trading this guy. Why would I? He's a perfect backup. He's a great backup. So, do I think he's a starter next year? I honestly don't, just because I don't. But why would the Ravens trade him at this point? But once you get closer to him, when he can become a free agent and all that, like maybe at that point, you start to make some decisions, but I think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league just based on what you've seen the last couple of weeks. He really brings something. It's it's actually shocking he didn't get drafted based on his skill set and what the NFL, a lot of NFL teams are looking for these days. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. 
Losing your hair? It's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment. Or visit www.utahhairmd.com. Mm-hmm. Question of the morning, four bowls and counting are canceled. Anybody nervous about that game in Pasadena? Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. Absolutely nervous, Anthony says. The game can't come fast enough. <laughs> Sean says, me hoping it does get canceled. Tis the season to be spiteful. Fa la 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 la. Ryan says, Cougar Dreams. Dave says, too much money at stake. They'll play to a full house. Guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know about that. Clint says, man, that would be awesome. Serves them right for associating with a conference of panty-waste liberals. (laughs) Oh, brother. Would panty-waste be W-A-S-T-E or A-W-A-I-S-T? That would be your call. The panties that go around the waist or there's waste in your panties. Tanner says the youths will wish the game had been canceled when that clock hits double zeros. Tanner's thinking Ohio State blowout. Isn't it triple zeros, though? Yeah, it could be. Or quadruple zeros. Did they put the zeros in the minutes column, or does the one just go away? I think it is zero dot dot zero zero. So it's uh, triple zeros, not double zeros. Rob says, I doubt the game gets canceled, but wouldn't be surprised if California reduces or limits the number of fans allowed. A game getting canceled would be about a team or at least a position group or two within a team getting sick, wouldn't it? Isn't that what's most likely? Isn't that what's canceling all these games? Uh, Military Bowl, Fenway Bowl, Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily call it sick, but uh, you can get the thing and have no symptoms whatsoever and then people panic so i don't know that i would call it sick uh some might be sick but not everybody is sick if they have it uh but certainly yes the panty waist liberals or whatever he called them might have zero to do with it greg says don't be so negative sure it might be canceled but it hasn't been yet relax enjoy the build-up to the game happy new year to you and go utes Okay. Jason says it's California. Of course it will be canceled. Well, the now this course is a, a week or so ago, a little longer than that. The L.A. Bowl wasn't canceled. Holiday Bowl is still uh, scheduled, as far as I know, right? I mean, I as far as I know. The last five minutes. <laughs> I suppose that that one, you know, we could, yeah, the could, Yacht could just at any moment say, and here's the latest, and who knows what bowl it'll be or where. Yeah. But you're right. The California, the uh, L.A. Bowl was played. That's where the Aggies won. And then, uh, let's see, somebody had to play a home game in Los Angeles in the NFL, right? Don't they just trade off? Uh, the Rams were in Minnesota, I know that. Okay, then how about the Chargers? Where did they play? And then, of course, you got the Niners to the north. Not so, to mention NBA games. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know that it's all a guarantee. 
But for, for Utah's sake, I mean, not for my own, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't have any stake or claim in the game. Uh, I'll go to work there or I'll go to work here just as easily as one versus the other. Uh, but for the for – well, I mean, obviously I've got plenty of Ute fans in my neighborhood and people I've become friends with over the years, and they're excited about it. They're going. I know somebody who was planning to go to the Cowboys game, passionate Cowboys fan, but sold the tickets so they would be able to go to the Ute game. And there's no question about that. I mean, people in my neighborhood that are from Idaho, and I did not even know they paid attention to the Utes, <laughs> are going to to the game. Uh, and why not? It's an event. Uh, my sister's going. Your sister's her, going? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she's going because her her guy uh, got advanced degrees from Ohio State. Uh-huh. I, in fact, I even got them tickets to the game. Uh, so... I bought four tickets myself uh, for the game, and uh, a couple other people are going to give them too. One, one being my wife, and then two to my sister. And so, yeah, they're these people. They're excited because so I would feel bad for them. I don't have any particular stake, uh, but for those people, absolutely, yeah. And this could be, who knows? Could be a once in a lifetime. Could be something that is a. Fairly frequent occurrence. I mean, if you went, say, three times in a 10-year period, uh, that would be excellent. Uh, four times, five times would be virtually a common occurrence. Uh, but this is the first time. They can only be one first time. And it's here, and you've earned your way into it, and you've had a great season. You think about this season. You think about what Kyle Whittingham writing about this. Kyle Whittingham told us this was his most trying season but you end up it could it, you it could end up being it it's most his most memorable season too that doesn't not that victories on the football field take away anything that happened with the tragedies of the two te- deaths to the young young men that's two separate things but as far as the football winning the rose bowl clearly has to be memorable there's no question about that and particularly when it's your first time so this is a great great opportunity and if it should not happen it would be a massive disappointment. One note, all three NFL teams in California were on the road over the weekend. But a lot of these are being driven by the schools. It's not being driven by the local authorities. Right, so they may have nothing to do with it. That's what we're saying. Because I don't think any of these bowls that have been canceled had something to do with local authorities, unless I'm wrong, uh, as far as that goes. I saw a statement on social media from the Virginia AD, and that seems school-driven. Yeah. Right. And then those, you know, I don't know what the circumstances are on that. Uh, well, really, who the, gives a crap about those games? They're not the Rose Bowl. No, they're not. And the, the thing in Hawaii was even more. It was a combination of COVID, injuries, and the transfer portal. That was their statement. Right, because uh, they have uh, had some issues with the coach there, with Graham, and a bunch of players have decided that they want out. So you factor all that stuff in, and uh, then you don't play the game. Uh, I don't think that that's going to be the case here. Uh, A number of players uh, that said they're going to go to the NFL – uh, are still intent on playing the game. I We have to monitor Ohio State as the week progresses, but I don't know anybody from Utah. I mean, 
I know you you retweeted the thing on on Kincaid uh, is coming back for another year. My thought is, well, wait a second here. Utah hasn't put a tight end in the league in who knows how long, and now you're telling me they've got three on the same <laughs> roster. I don't buy it. So I didn't. Turns think out it was only much, only one guy's going. Well, I didn't think it was much news that Kincaid was coming back. Is he really an NFL guy? We'll find out. I suspect off the the measurables and all of that, he could be. But you don't have to be to go. I mean, you can go. We see guys go and not get drafted. So, well, it's not about getting drafted. It's about making making the, NFL. the team. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that all of a sudden they've got three tight ends that are going to off the same team are going to play in the NFL. Wow, that is the historical run of depth. If that is the case, <laughs> this is off the charts. Yeah, and maybe they will. And good luck to them. I'm not going to doubt them or put limits on them. But I didn't think it was that worthy where I would put out a post that I'm going to run it back one more year. It's three three guys from the same team, same position, no less, in, in a school that is not known for that. That would be incredible. But maybe it'll happen. It would be awesome if it did. Question of the morning. You worried about the game in Pasadena. Four bowls and counting canceled. Sun Bowl, I guess, not officially canceled. Still trying to find a team, but Miami isn't playing, so Washington State needs somebody. Well, I don't know why they just don't try to get El Paso right there, see if guys are still around. John says, curse you, DJ, for saying such things. But since you're asking, absolutely. I'm freaking out about the Rose Bowl right now. Uh, Yeah, I guess if you're a Utah fan who's really way into it and it's college football is super important in your life, then I can see why you'd be freaking out. James says, I'm more nervous about my flight getting canceled than the game. Okay. Flights that are canceled, does that mean that they're they're done and they aren't going to try to reschedule you? Yeah, I think that's what's happening. I think it's more cancellations than postponements. And so then you're on your own, so screw you? Yes. Oh, wow. Get a car and drive. Get a train and go on a locomotive. <laughs> Amtrak it, baby. Can you Amtrak L.A.? I assume you can. I don't know. Uh, I know you could from Flagstaff. I've trained before, particularly all back east. It was uh, a fairly common occurrence. Yeah. Uh, to from Jersey into the city, many, many, many times I did that. Uh, from D.C. to Newark. I went D.C. to Philly once. It's a piece of cake. Oh, I've done that multiple times. Yeah. Spencer says, sure would be funny if it does get canceled. I don't think it would be funny at all. I don't either. <laughs> I find no humor in this whatsoever. I mean, you gotta, you got to take it away from the fans. This isn't about the fans. What about it's the kids a, who've lifted the weights and done all yeah. the running and watched all the film? Right. That's... It's about the the young men, the people in the program. There'll be some ladies who uh, are in football programs for sure, whether trainers or whatever, support people. So it's not exclusively young men. But it's all those folks and what it means to them. 
Not not for some BYU fan to be able to laugh. To me, that's not what it's about whatsoever. It's about the folks involved in the program who've earned the right. That's the thing about this. They've literally earned the right to do this. And you want to see it happen for them. Because there's now there's a bunch, and Nick Ford's going to come up here in about, uh, what, a half hour. He's already come out, and I think he's definitely an NFL guy. And he says that, you know, he's it's time for him. And it is right. He's... I believe that it is time for these guys. They need to make this type of life-changing money, give them the opportunity if they should stick. Maybe not the you know one year, but if they should stick for several years, they'll make life-changing money. So if the game is canceled, then he doesn't get that opportunity. And you mean to tell me as a, as a BYU fan you'd feel good about that? Boy, I don't think so. Hard to set the rivalry aside, apparently. Yeah, but if you take everything, it's like everything that I've been talking about with all this uh, upheaval. If you take it on a personal level and you take it one-on-one, then your chances of having compassion are a lot better. I mean, look at Nick Ford. Look at the stuff that he's done with the foster care, and he's teamed up with BYU Cougars, actual players, and they're trying to make a difference in the community. I mean, literally trying to make a difference and not just posting signs or having statements. That's all well and good, but that doesn't help anybody. I mean, uh, it helps people in the abstract. Here, he's trying to go at the ground level. And I'm big on ground level stuff because that's where the difference is made. And Nick Ford has tried to do that as a college student, no less, trying to do that in the foster care. And the foster care is a major issue throughout our country. I may know a little bit about it. And with that in mind, you're going to have... Uh, an opportunity to be gleeful that Nick Ford doesn't get to fulfill a dream, an L.A. kid? Come on, man. You need to rethink that. But the rivalry, PK. No, that is the rivalry, which is why you need to be appreciative of that because that is part of the rivalry. Now, you could root for them to lose all you want. I get that. But if you take it at the Nick Ford level and look what he's done with BYU players – and he's someone who's been in our community now for a number of years. He's not one of these guys who transfers in and then is out the door at the end of the season. No. He has been uh, basically a Salt Laker, man. He's, he's in the community, right? We can say that. I don't know where he's going to live the rest of his life, but he's spent a significant time in our community, and he's made a difference in our community. <laughs> and he's done it with BYU people. That is the rivalry. How you could come together like that to try to do stuff for kids. Yeah. Nick Ford, I don't know where his future is going to take him, but I know it's going to take him good places. I'm going to be a fan of Nick Ford's for as long as he's living. You know, we do the stuff for the road home every year and the the Mediathon fundraiser. And uh, I heard a stat about uh, kids who age out of the foster care system. It's like 300 kids a year in Salt Lake County, every year for more than a decade. Probably for longer than that, but I don't know how. Yeah, that means they turn 18. Yeah, yeah, they turn 18, they age out, and they basically have a 50-50 chance ending up homeless. Oh yeah. So if you're stepping in, helping that group of people, you're not only doing them a favor and really doing yourself a favor as well. You're doing all of us a favor. That's what I said. Yeah. Making a difference at the ground level in our community. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Happy New Year, everybody. Tweets at us. Nervous about the Rose Bowl getting canceled? No. 
Prepared for the possibility? Yes. I hope it doesn't come to that, but it's out of our control, so no sense worrying. Hashtag go Utes. Hashtag Utah football. Hashtag Rose Bowl. Yeah, but that's the essence. That's the beauty of worrying. Is so many of the times that you worry, is nothing you can do about it, but yet you can't help yourself but worry. That's the beauty of worry. <laughs> There's no beauty of worry. That's the perverse beauty of worry. Nevertheless. Let's worry, less stress, please. Right, but that's that's what we as humans do. I don't know if animals do it. I don't know about that, but that's what we do. We worry about that stuff, even though there's zero things we can do about it. Like we worry. If we've got something, say, an outdoor activity, and this is not the season, but the season will come here where we have a wedding, and uh, we're worried about the weather, right? I mean, there's zero things you can do to control the weather. But yet, if you've got an outdoor activity such as a, a wedding in the time of the wedding season, then you worry about that. No thunderstorm. No thunderstorm. Please, yeah, no whatever thunderstorm. it is. That's just one simple example. I mean, it goes on and on. So to say not to worry about it just because you can't control it. I mean, when you think about it, that's the essence of being a parent, in as they age from being a kid into a young adult and adult the reality is there's so many times that you can't do anything about it you have zero control you know full well that they are going to make a mistake and it could be a life-changing mistake and you can see it coming and you've called it but yet there's nothing you can do about it even though you think you might be able the reality is you can't and you know it's coming Come on, everybody has done that. But yet we worry. We worry to the literally to the point of making ourselves create a medical issue for ourselves. I give you ulcers, people. And I'm not speaking from experience at all. Nope, clearly not. <laughs> all right, DJ PK, it is time to bring in Andrew Ryan. Easy for me to say. Andrew, good morning. Andrew Reinhardt joining us from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Well, I guess we're not going to bring Andrew in. Yak is pushing so many buttons right now, it's awesome. I'll push my button and I can do it. All right, we'll work with Andrew and we'll get this figured out. Andrew, are you there? Nope. All right, stay with us. DJ and PK, question of the day, part two coming up. Speaking of things you worry about, PK, that you have no control over, and yet, nonetheless, people get stressed about it. We will do that next. Stay with us. It's the fifth annual Black Friday sale. It's been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save 1400 bucks. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Question of the day, part two. Donovan Mitchell is out for at least two games. Are the Jazz doomed without him? Todd, let's see who we got here. Spurs, Trailblazers, we be tight. Doug says, nope, no doom. Others will step up. And Nancy believes they will be fine. Jazz losing their leading score, and nobody's batting an eye here, PK. There's plenty of faith in the team and the depth on the team to get her done. The heart and soul is going to be out. The leader, the spokesman, he does the most inter- 
used as far as I can recall off the top of my head. Seems like they have them after every game, win or lose, play well or not play well. Probably he isn't, but it just seems that way. Uh, and uh, the good thing about it is they're such a veteran-oriented team that uh, guys would not be flummoxed whatsoever when asked to do something beyond what their particular role is this year because more than likely at some point in their NBA lifespan they have done that you know asking Rudy Gay to take on a bigger offensive role now I'm not saying he will I'm just using it as an example well there's been plenty of times over what 15 16 years that he's done that right and obviously we go to Joe Ingles and Joe has done that and then you know it gets down to whoever replaces Mitchell in the back end of the rotation because we know Joe will slide in as a starter and he's proven very capable of doing that. Uh, interestingly, it, when they were uh, they were hesitant to put Clarkson in as a starter, they like to keep him in that role, but they've got no problem uh, flip-flopping Joe going back and forth. So who is it at the other end? I brought up Butler because we heard so much about him in the preseason and then we haven't heard anything about him basically since. Uh, does he do that? Uh, how does Quinn use the rotations? Does Pashko get back out because he uh, hasn't been playing since Gobert came back? Do they have more minutes for, f- uh, what's his face, uh, Forrest? You know, how do they handle that? Who will get, we know who will start. But somebody's going to get more but, minutes. Yeah. And do, or do they just shorten the rotation by one? I would. They could, but I don't think they will because uh, the other nights they've needed somebody. They haven't shortened the rotation. They brought in the guys you mentioned. You know, Forrest has come in or Pascal has come in, whoever it is. So I expect somebody else will get those minutes. But what combinations Quinn wants to see? He had a quote a couple games ago. Maybe it was Thursday, but maybe it was before that. That uh, basically, you know, that try different things out now. See what works. See something you like. Keep it in your back pocket. You might need it in the playoffs, depending on the situation, the matchups, who you've got available. So try different stuff now. So whether he'll go back to something. He's already done because he wants to see more of that, or whether he's got something else he's been thinking about. Uh, we'll, we'll find out tonight at six thirty. Yeah. All right, DJ PK. Time to bring in Andrew once again from Wasatch Medical. Andrew, you were just talking about uh, a breakthrough treatment for ED, and you got clinical studies behind this technology. This wave technology really is changing the game for men struggling with ED, and you're right. It's backed by 50 studies. Uh, This is our technology specifically that Cambridge, the Cleveland Clinic, the Journal of Sexual Medicine, and so many others have said safe, effective. Uh, The Cleveland Clinic, that's one of the biggest hospitals in America. In their study, here's what they said. This generated a clinical increase in blood flow. Uh, That's pretty cool. Exactly what a man with ED needs. So what are the causes? You must have a a ton of research yourself just because you've talked to so many people. Well, we do see that um, some of the most common causes for ED are maybe diabetes, prostate issues. But I would say this. If you're out there struggling in the bedroom, you're a lot more normal than you think. So many guys, even 20s, 30s, and 40s, 
We're treating men in those ages every day. We're treating men in their 80s and 90s as well. So this really can happen to anybody. And you got a special offer for people who pick up the phone right now. We do. If you're ready to regain your love life, guys, maybe throw the pills away or just improve frequency in the bedroom. We do a lot of that. Call us this morning, the exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with the MD. Uh, No charge. The gift that you'll love produces immediate results in the bedroom. And this is pretty cool. If you're feeling a little lethargic, blood work and testosterone, that's free as well. You can take advantage of the free offer right now. Pick up the phone and call 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Call Wasatch Medical Clinic right now. Andrew and people and his folks are standing by at 801-901-8000 and claim that offer right now. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. DJ and PK, it is time to talk Rose Bowl and Utah football with Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Disneyland, huh? The dream starts here. <laughs> yeah, Disneyland, man. <laughs> Something you've probably done a time or two, being an L.A. kid. Uh, we saw that uh, last week you decided to uh, try your hand in the NFL. Now, obviously, you've accomplished just about everything you needed to accomplish at the collegiate level, uh, academically, in the classroom, and out on the football field. But nevertheless, how hard of a decision was it for you? Uh, I mean, it it was very hard, but I mean, like I said, I accomplished a lot here, almost everything here, and you know, I got a you know a lot of responsibilities in life, and um, you know, it's just about that time to make that transition in my life. So it is a big decision to make. It's easy for someone who isn't making it for their own life to say, "Oh yeah, this guy should go or that guy shouldn't go." And you may have played that game a time or two yourself uh, the last few years, watching guys you played against in college football. But it's different when it's yourself. And I'm I'm curious, who did you go to uh, to get advice? Uh, how many NFL people did you hear from, or people in your own life, or in the Utah program? How how does that work? Who do you listen to? Oh man. Do you- I think it's more uh, you got to have an internal uh, feeling about it because you hear all types of things from every type of person in every direction, and uh, it's really, really hard because you don't know what to listen to, what not to listen to because, um, you know, everyone has your best interest. Well, not everyone, but most people um, that you hear from. So, um, you know, just hearing different things is um really heart-wrenching sometimes and uh it's more of an internal decision than you know just going with your gut feeling we know the rose bowl has a lot of activities designed to allow the players and everybody in the program to have fun disneyland being one of them uh lowry's uh with the prime rib it's been a tradition forever all this stuff how do you balance having fun but at the same time being prepared to play the ball game Oh, you just simply got to know, like, when to work and when not to. And, I mean, that's, uh, you know, a big part of this program and why we win bowl games is because we know when to, uh, you know, go have fun and we know when, you know, to lock in. Uh, We're going to go out here to practice in a little bit and it's time to practice and that's the only thing we're worried about. And, you know, Disneyland's for later, that's all. And then we'll worry about that then. But 
yeah, it's just separating the two and making sure that, uh, you know, you just do it responsibly. So what kind of precautions do they have you taken? And we're all hearing the news about the military bowl and the sun bowl and uh, I forget in all the bowls, the Hawaii bowl. Uh, and nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but I think most sane people do not want that to happen to you guys in the Rose Bowl. So what do they have you doing? Um, they just really have us sticking to ourselves. I mean, they have everything kind of in our own own space. Um, you know, when you go out to like Disneyland and stuff, uh, it's, you know, there might be some people there and whatnot. And uh, I think um, the combination of how strict the guidelines are in L.A. and then, um, you know, how they're treating us and trying to keep us away, I think we'll be okay. I don't know how much time you've had to study Ohio State, but if you had, what do you see from them? Um, they're good defense. Um, you know, fundamentally sound. They got some good athletes, and uh, you know, they're 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 well respected, and we well respect them. Um, but that doesn't mean uh, we can't do what you know we've been doing all year. Um, that being said, you know, like, like I just said, they're they're a great defense. So it's going to be a sixty minute game. It's going to be a dog fight. Um, you know, they will take advantage of you if you uh, don't work your fundamentals. And I feel like we'll take advantage of them if they don't work their fundamentals. So it's just going to be a, you know, a. Um, I think it's going to come down to not only a physical game but a technical game and making sure your technique's on point. Did you watch Oregon run for 269 yards on these guys and then Michigan beat that total? And how much do you take from that? And how much can your run game do what those two schools did? Because those are the only two teams to beat these guys. Yeah. No, like like I said, um, they're a great defense. And, you know, looking at our offense is very similar. And, uh, you know, that's a style of offense. Uh, it may start off bloody in a couple of yards, but then we start breaking some big runs and, you know, I'm sure they know that, and I'm sure they're going to have a plan for it. And you know, I'm sure we're going to have to make adjustments, but uh, we're not going to stray away from our style of play. Um, we're not running the ball because uh, you know we feel like Oregon and uh, Michigan were you know amazing at it, and that's what we have to switch our game plan to. But that's just our game plan and how we play. So um, you know, it gives us uh, you know something to look at and uh, something to uh, study to prepare, but otherwise than that, you know, we're just going to play a game, which is running the ball. You've played in this stadium before, obviously, but here it's the actual Rose Bowl itself. As an L.A. kid growing up, obviously that must have been a dream, and the dream is going to be realized. Do you think that, whether it's during pregame or when you come running out for the official start of the game, will you have any time? Will you be able to soak it all in? Uh, personally, I was just sucking in all after, after the fact, uh, I try not to uh, get too crazy about things, uh, you know, prior to the game or during the game, because it, it kind of like, uh, will offset some people. So, uh, you know, after the fact, I'll go ahead and look around, and, you know, be like, oh man, like it's actually the Rose Bowl. But I mean, until then, it's, uh, you know, it's a business trip. We came down here to do something and we got to do it. So... How many tickets have you been able to get your hands on, and how many people have you had to have hard conversations with? Sorry, yeah. not happening. Uh, I got my hands on about like 12, and I've had to have probably the same amount of hard conversations, but they went and bought some tickets. So, 
What do you normally get? Oh, uh, so normally we get about four, but um, you know, up in Salt Lake, or depending on where we are, like for the last uh, for the last two LA games, I got about like twenty to twenty five. But it was a lot harder this time because not only do uh, you know we have a bunch of boys that live in LA in the LA area. Um, a bunch of people from Arizona and Salt Lake and Texas, they all wanted to come to the game and they all came out here. So, <laughs> uh, Well, that's the price. That's the f- price of fame and fortune right there, Nick. What are you going to exactly. do? <laughs> You're in the Rose Bowl. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. So, so I'm... Uh, I'm I'm curious as you watch this uh, play out. Uh, is there been in, and you're pretty early in the week though. Still, is, is there been anything that's a surprise or different in the build up to the Rose Bowl, other than all your memories and the hype that goes with the game, or is it really like other bowls and prepping for other games? Um, I think the experience is going to be fun. You know, I got to the hotels downtown. Um, I'm kind of used to downtown because I've been up over here for a while now. I grew up over here. Um, well, not downtown, but in San Pedro. Um, so I think that uh, kind of phased that out for uh, for me a little bit. But you could tell some of the boys who've never been to L.A. Um, or have been to L.A. just for football. It's kind of, you know, they're in, they're in I want to say awe, but they're enjoying it. Um, you know, heading over to Disneyland. Again, some people have never been. Um, you know, it's exciting though. Go over there, give me a turkey leg. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just I've been looking at the itinerary and all the stuff we're going to do. It, uh, it looks like we're going to have a lot of fun and they're balancing out, you know, when we have to practice, um, when we're going to have fun and when our recovery time is. This whole week, in particular the game, gives the University of Utah football program basically unprecedented exposure. And I think it's important for the university to cash in on this exposure and this wave of attention that the program is getting. From your perspective, you've been in the program for a number of years, and as you are basically aging out of the program and going on to the NFL, do you think that there's anything that the program needs that maybe it can get through donors or whatever, uh, through all this attention and excitement and everything that's going around in the program. So what I'm, I'm basically I'm asking, is there anything that you think that they can cash in on to benefit the program that needs to be cashed in on? Um, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure about that. Um, you know, I'm not big on. Uh, you know, looking for uh, monetary gain, especially from when I was in uh, college and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, maybe some people are interested in uh, NIL to help some of the boys out because I know some of the boys uh, struggle off the field. Um, and then maybe, you know, it's just donating and uh, getting involved that way. You know, there's there's tons of ways to get involved. Um you know, I think the the main thing is support, especially uh, the year we have faced. With that, that was the main thing that got us through, um, and that's you know support no matter what. I mean, I know, I know we started one and two, but I mean it's about it's about the journey and not like how you get there. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Um, it may not have been an ideal year at the start of the year, but uh, you know, um, just uh, you know stick through it and support and. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I, this program has 
really good characters and uh, really good sports quality. And, um, yeah, I think by the end of the day, uh, if you can continue to support, whether that's, you know, by helping support financially or, you know, just supporting, just being a good person, um, a lot of the kids here are going to thrive and become really great people on and off the field. And uh, I think that's what, you know, everyone could do for uh, this uh, football team. Well, Nick, we know you got to run. You're scheduled today, but thanks for a few minutes this morning, and good luck in the game, and we will talk to you uh, after the game. Appreciate it. You guys take care. All right. There's Nick Ford joining us uh, every week throughout the regular season and now joining us from L.A. as the Utes get ready for the Rose Bowl. He said turkey leg with a certain gusto, didn't he, PK? His offensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Turkey leg. Turkey I mean, leg. That's, that's, that's uh, going to be an L for the turkey leg. Yeah, oh, for sure, as he prepares for his NFL career, which I think he'll have a long and successful career in the NFL, and that's great news. He's a great representative for the university, and uh, I think he's a great representative for the community, too. I, I You know, I, I'm big on local guys staying. I say that a million times. Our programs in the state have everything that a local kid needs, but I also think it's cool – when a kid comes from out of his element and he is from the same community that I lived in for a decade and covered his high school, obviously not when he was playing, he probably wasn't even born when I was covering it. So I know about the community, not that for him, it's a great stretch to come up to Salt Lake. I mean, it's not the, not around the world. Uh, so many kids like, have done it from LA. It seems like a little yeah. bigger deal from Texas. And when the, the uh, Florida trio came rolling in from Hallandale. That seemed like a stretch. Other side, sure. Of the, other side of the country. Yeah, and and L.A. is. I'm familiar with the community, so I know it's a cosmopolitan area in terms of different types of races. So he's used to dealing with Polynesians and African Americans, and uh, obviously Caucasians. And then you get down there in Pedro. There's a lot of uh, people from uh, the Croatia area that came there. A lot of vitches in that area, uh, so he's he's had a broad-based experience. So it doesn't surprise me that he would flourish in our community. But I still think it's cool when a kid comes from out of state and has not just success, but basically all the stuff that you're supposed to do while you're in college. He checks off virtually every box, and ultimately, that's a success story. And really, it's a success story beyond results. And I was reading a thing about Jaden Daniels at ASU, and, you know, he hasn't lived up to the, uh, the high, high expectation, which probably because the expectation was so high, he probably had little chance to uh, live up to it. But if he extends and plays his full eligibility, he's going to leave with a master's degree. Isn't that success? You would think, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so do I really worry about, well, it, does he complete this pass or did they win that game? Does that really, really matter individually for a kid like a kid like Daniels who graduated in three years and can get at the university's expense, get out of there with a master's degree? Isn't that really what it's, what it's about? And you look at Nick Ford. And it's great that they've had this football success. I mean, that's what we care about. That's why we've got jobs. So I don't want to uh, discount that or diminish that by any stretch. But really, isn't he a success no matter what happens 
on that football field Saturday, isn't that something you can point to and say, hey, well done, young man. Absolutely well done. But everybody will feel better if they win the game, too. I get that. I get that. I know that. I know that what I just said sounds good, and it's Pollyannish, and nobody's buying it. It is good. <laughs> it is good. I think people can buy it when they get away from the game. You know, and I think that we know that from talking to former players in the community. Uh, some go into the media. Uh, some go back to the school and work on campus. Others do other things, and we bump into them for various reasons. And so there were a lot of people who can't say they played in a Rose Bowl, some who can't even say that they won a conference title, whatever conference they were in for whichever school they went to. But you see how their lives are going, and you think, well, somehow that was a good piece of the puzzle. But on, on, on January 1st and 2nd, you, you want the scoreboard to look good. I understand that, and I don't, I don't discount that. And these kids who come back, that's a great story too. You know, clearly Keithy... And maybe Kincaid, too. But clearly, Keithy can play in the NFL. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's not a not just a a player, but, I mean, doesn't he scream like he – I don't want to put – here I am saddling with expectations. <laughs> but, does, I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey, don't you see a little bit of Keithy in that? I mean, he's a guy who can catch the ball. He can run. He can You can even give him a, a handoff in the backfield, and he can do so many things. Uh, and he looks like – he screams like he's not only going to be a draft pick – but he's going to be a 10-year veteran in the NFL. And if you you know you play 10 years in the NFL, wow, that, that is something. But yet he's going to want to come back because he's enjoying the college experience. I mean, if you're a Ute fan, you got to feel good about that, too, that he wants to. And I don't know, maybe his financial situation is something that, you know, his he doesn't need the money, so he can wait. I'm not sure what his situation is. I don't know. I, so the, I don't think any of us know that, but I think you're saying what a lot of people felt when they saw the news, read the news, heard the news. I think most of us thought he was gone. And most of us are surprised he's coming back for another year. Because so many college players in his position, not just at that school, but at lots of schools, would have been in the draft. But I think it's great that he wants to come back because surely he's an NFL guy. I'd be shocked if he isn't an NFL guy. Uh, But he's enjoying it. So why not? Maybe he's not. I don't know what is that. He needs another year of academic uh, classes to get a degree. I, I don't know that. I haven't questioned him on any of that. But I also think that I think Nick Ford going to the NFL is a great story because he's accomplished and he's longer. He's a, further along in his college career. He's been at the U longer. He's accomplished everything that he's supposed to. So that's a success story. Uh, Keithy, I assume he'll accomplish everything that he wants to in terms of a degree and all that. And it's a different. It's basically Nick Ford last year, uh, but it's also a success story that goes beyond. What the scoreboard says, knowing that the scoreboard, uh, basically, if you sum it up, the scoreboard is life and death. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not trying to lose perspective here. Good. You know, I I realize that it, it is life or death. And we see that. We see people fight. Sometimes, you know, there's always that story of, uh, of the Super Bowl, the losing guy got in a fight with uh, his buddy who won or what have you, something stupid like that. So we also see that. 
Uh, didn't we just see a fight on the bench? Two defensive tackles going at it in the NFL? Duran Payne and Jonathan uh, Allen. Allen and Payne, yeah. yeah it's it was a little was... unusual. I mean, we see skirmishes. And, it was a brotherly and, disagreement. Uh, okay. yeah, these guys were college teammates at Alabama. <laughs> they yeah. were. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to chalk that up to the heat of the moment. But it certainly was a surprise that there was physical contact. We see guys yelling at each other all the time and shouting. It's an emotional game in the moment. We understand that. I don't know that we necessarily see contact, but yet we saw that. And that was a surprise. And, wow, they were getting their butts kicked, too. My guess is that they were up 42-7. to 7. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> Cowboy, Cowboy sideline looked pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, they were scoring virtually on every single possession. All right, DJ and PK, thanks to Vic Ford for coming on. And we will see how it goes to the Rose Bowl. It's Disneyland today. Disneyland today, yes. They sent. I'm leaving uh, later in the week. They sent me uh, multiple things to, to go to Disneyland today, and they're having a shuttle that'll take you because the, the Media Hotel is in downtown on Olympic Boulevard, and they're having a shuttle to take you down there. And that's a lot of fun for these kids, too. And I sure hope everything comes off, not for any fan's sake, although it's important for them, too, but for, for the individuals involved. For a player who's done fun. all the work, and you talk to the people who've been to the Rose Bowl, and one of the best things about the Rose Bowl, which I didn't know until I started talking to people, is the warm-ups. Because in the warm-ups, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. No, nobody's gotten hit in the mouth yet. Nobody's down a score or two. And the sun's shining, and it's glinting off the, the, the helmets, and everybody says it's just awesome. I mean, everybody talks about the warm-ups of the Rose Bowl like they're the greatest thing ever. So apparently they are, because a lot of people who've been through it say, it really is awesome. You're out there. You had to you had to win the conference to get there. In most cases, I know it's not true this year with the Buckeyes, but in most cases, and it's just supposed to be awesome. You've escaped yeah. lousy weather in many parts of the country. You're playing in the sunshine in Southern California. Oh, so romantic. There it is. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, guys, if you're struggling with ED, he's got breakthrough technology and a special offer. Andrew, tell them all about it. Well, this technology, it really is a game changer. Uh, Technology, it's changing pretty much every aspect of our life. We know that. It finally is changing how we treat ED. Uh, We all know pills have been around for 30 years. Take the blue pill. It may work. It might not work. And you've got side effects coming the next day. This technology at Wasatch Medical, the wave therapy, is different because it goes to the root cause. Most ED is caused by damaged blood vessels and lack of circulation. Our treatments open up and regrow the blood vessels. It's clinically backed by 50 studies showing that it can improve circulation enough, we get rid of the ED, no pills, no injections, and no surgery. And the timeline for this is pretty quick? It is pretty quick. Uh, two to three weeks is what the average guy needs. It's a few short 10-minute sessions over those two to three weeks. You'll probably progress as you go. And according to Cambridge University, that is what you need to get the blood flowing where you want it, when you want it. So for people who have questions and everybody's situation can be different, uh, you've got a special offer to help people uh, take the first step. So much for free. If you're ready to regain your love life or just improve the frequency in the bedroom, we do a lot of that. Give us a call. Our MD, the doctor, will meet with you 
free. Exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound is included in that. The gift, uh, this is worth the trip, produces immediate results in the bedroom. There's no obligation to any of this, by the way. You also get blood work and testosterone. If you feel like you have a need for that, that's included free today as well. You can claim that free offer right now at 801-901-8000. Call 801-901-8000. Call Andrew and his team at Wasatch Medical Clinic at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. This is Unripe. You guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSL Sports. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The fifth annual Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. Tired of glasses or contacts? Get LASIK now and save $1,400. There are limited spots available, so act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. PK, we got multiple questions today. One of them involves the Utah Jazz. No Donovan Mitchell for at least two games. He's not going on this road trip. It's described as a lower back strain. The good news is he was playing through it in the game and scoring 33 points and in the third quarter went up for a big old dunk. Not in traffic. He kind of blew by everybody and the paint was clear when he got there. Uh, So that looked good. But man, there were times he was stepping gingerly, wincing when he was running back down court. We saw him getting worked on on the bench a little bit. A guy in his mid-20s to have back problems. I mean, it could be the kind of thing that he gets the treatment and, and gets through it, but that's that's awfully young to have back problems, and they have been chronic for other players. I had them. I've always had. Uh, I'm have no flexibility whatsoever. Very stiff in the back, lower back, now upper back, back of the neck. So I don't know that it's anything that's going to impede him. I mean, he went thirty nine and nine on one toe. Can you imagine? What he's capable of doing. Well, with nine more toes, you would think to carry the one. Yeah, about two hundred seventy <laughs> points. Take that, Terrence, man. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. Is it chronic? Is it a minor issue? Is it a tweaking? Uh, I, I don't know that it's a lingering thing, so I'm not going to borrow problems that I don't know exist. Uh, I'll, I'll worry about uh, plenty of problems that exist here, N- namely, basically, how great the Warriors and Suns look because uh, the goal here for the Jazz is to win the title. Well, I mean, they, can can they beat either of those teams in a seven-game series? Right now, it looks like it'd be very, very difficult, which if you play it out, <clears throat> that's another second-round defeat. Ah! I would, <laughs> yes, don't right. play it out then. <laughs> well, it's right now. You don't Freeze have it. to play it out. It's, no, it is we're right all, now. We're all doing it. We're, what you, you're going to take the heat for saying it, but every last one of us has thought that, that – they are the Jazz are crushing the teams. the The middle of the Western Conference is not nearly as impressive as it's been for the last 
at least five years, and you probably go back further than that, but fifth place is one game over 500. That's the kind of stuff we've mocked the Eastern Conference for doing it. And the East, the sixth place team is one game over 500. There aren't that many really good teams in the league. So by the time you get through the first round, you're going to run up against the Warriors at the Suns. Unless something shocking happens to one of them in the first round, which none of us would predict. At this point, both the Warriors and Suns are are on like a 65-win pace. They are playing awesome basketball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so that's out there. So I think the Jazz are a great team, but nevertheless, uh, you could be a great team, but if there's a greater team that's greater than you, you can be great and still lose. Uh, So uh, right now... I mean, I don't know that I would bet on the Jazz getting to the finals. I probably wouldn't bet, but nevertheless, I'm going to let them have that opportunity to see what it, what can be done here, and they're going to need everyone. That's the thing about it, and let's see what happens then. So I'm not stressing. I actually think it's uh, – I don't want to say a positive because it's certainly not a positive to have somebody out, but let's see what they can do in case something were to happen at that uh, time when you get down to that opportunity when you need to win a ball game and somebody has foul trouble, or even if he's healthy but having an off shooting night, which can exist in this game. Shooting can be fickle. So I look this look at this as a good opportunity to see what they can do without their leading scorer, who's not necessarily quietly, but is putting together a phenomenal season. It's very difficult to draw attention to yourself when you're playing the same position, basically, as, as Steph Curry. I mean, he's just so far and away better than everybody else that, you know, all the attention is going to gravitate toward him, deservedly so. But Mitchell's having a fine, fine season. 25 points a game and still getting his five assists and about four rebounds. But would you say it's somewhat quiet? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, there haven't been uh, the the stuff that really breaks through the noise. You know, when you start dropping forty or fifty point games, uh, if the team had the record, the Warriors did. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's why Steph had great stats when the team was injured and rebuilding and working in these young guys and all that. But winning's just a huge platform. And and Curry was I mean, Curry, people were saying good things about Curry. He was obviously great last season, but it just looks like he's doing it on a bigger stage now because they went out there on Christmas Day and beat the Suns and have the NBA's best record. And I think it was easy for me to say, oh, they're going to be back in the top four in the West. You know, they're going to be in a home court and they're going to be a team. Man, you're going to be a dogfight if you see them in the second round. And now it's like, yeah, they could win 65 games and another NBA title. That's not a reach at all. No, they look they look legit, and he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a player like him, and so Mitchell's somewhat in his shadow. Although, if you want As to escape his shadow, beat him in the postseason. There's a way out. Yeah, Not that he's just you know buried in jail or anything like that. But a claim can come to you. And he knows it, too. And a claim doesn't necessarily need to come this year. It's not like if it doesn't come this year that it won't be there. Because if you do the timeline, what is he? Curry's like eight years older. So Mitchell, you know, Jordan didn't win until he was, what, 27, 28? Was that what it was? 27. Yeah, all right. So Mitchell's still a couple years away from that. And who's to say? You don't know what's going to happen in a couple years. 
But who's to say that the team isn't better in a couple years? I don't know that it will be. I don't know that it won't be. So his, he still has plenty of time to achieve everything that he would like to achieve. And it's going to be fun to see him have that opportunity. And maybe it comes this year. Because even though they're not necessarily keeping pace with the Suns or the Warriors, are they better? Can they be better? I don't know that they are better, but can they be better? Can they beat them? It's not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch. The next week and the next month will tell us a lot more because they haven't played the Warriors Uh, or Suns yet. Let's at least see them play head-to-head. Because right now we're trying to judge them based on how much they dominate the 8th, 18th, or 28th best team in the league. And when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to be head-to-head. And I already know they're going to play the Warriors here on Saturday because, you know, the Rose Bowl isn't enough to entertain us in one day. We must have the Jazz and Warriors immediately after the Rose Bowl. Hey, I'm pretty pissed about uh, the Aggies not playing San Jose State in hoops that night. You should be. You should be. (laughs) If you you missed it, San Jose has had uh, three Mountain West Conference games postponed, and the second of the three is their game with Utah State on New Year's Day. It hasn't been rescheduled yet. They want to reschedule it. We'll see how that plays out. I can't necessarily put a ton of stock in the regular season games either. I get it, but can't you put more stock in it when they go head-to-head than when they're all playing the 12th best or 6th best team? All right, so if you want to put stock in it, then then you got to either be thinking the Jazz are great or they got no chance. Because you're going to put stock say, into it, you know, but if you're going to put stock in it, you got to put stock in it. You, what how, what you, kind of stock are you putting in it? You're going to wait and see? You know, if they lose, not that much stock. If they win, oh, yeah, they're awesome. Come on. I think if the Warriors win, then it reinforces what we have seen in the first 30 or so games here is that well, they're the best team in the NBA. They they beat the Jazz on New Year's. They beat the Suns on Christmas. They got the best record. It's the Great. Warriors. And, and, the, and that's what the Jazz were last year, and what good did it do them? Right. But the Warriors uh, have proven they can do it. They've won three championships. Yeah, so I, I think know. people the, put the more Warriors stock in The Warriors have proven they can do it, or Green and Curry, Curry have proven right. they were doing it. And that's the thing. That, is you could get I to mean, the playoffs and other guys could fall apart and not contribute what they're contributing now, and that could be the difference. The other thing is the Warriors – we assume, are going to be integrating Clay Thompson back here sooner, not later. Seems like he's supposed to play in January. Probably yeah, not January yeah, yeah. 1st. Uh, that no, I understand too soon. that. Uh, yeah. But, you know, give it another week or two. reincorporated. Great. Good for them. That's a, that's a potential massive pickup. I don't necessarily know that. But, it's, but at the same time, then... Peyton Jr. and Poole stats are going to Have got to go down, right? Because Clay's going to yeah. get minutes and Clay's going to get shots. Right. So how much better it, can they be? And it does change the equation there. It doesn't seem like it should change the equation and make it worse, but we've all seen chemistry go sideways on teams before, so until you see it, you don't know, and that's why Steve Kerr gets paid the big money to juggle all that kind of stuff. He's better than, uh, at least on paper, uh, better than anybody right. else that they have. But at the same time, they're bringing him back, and he's not exactly addressing a glaring weakness. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> as you know what I mean? Can, as they continue to win eight games out of ten. Right. See, that's the weird thing, that there's this much angst over the, over the Jazz, and they've gone 11-2 and two in 13 games. 
Well, it's just as Gobert said earlier this morning, uh, when he said it obviously uh, before that, but we played it this morning, uh, that they've blown some games that have been a little bit of head scratchers. And so uh, if they win those games, they're supposed to win, last second shots beating them, then they got 26, 27 wins. Uh, What does it mean? I mean, I guarantee you the Pelicans and the Spurs are not going to beat them in the playoffs, right? And those are two games that just come to mind that they that they lost. Uh, and Washington, Washington isn't going to beat them in the in They're not going to play Washington, either. and they're not yeah. going to – the Pelicans are 10 games under. And they might get the Spurs, you never know, but they're yeah. not going to get the Pelicans, right? right. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So why stress over that? There's really there's no point in stressing over that. I, I just wonder, it's not like the Jazz are cruising, because I can't say that whatsoever, because when you watch them play, and we'll watch them tonight, it doesn't look like they're cruising out there. Joe Ingles is getting into it with that layman guy. That's not cruising. <laughs> That's showing a ton of emotion and all that stuff, right? So they're trying to play well. But I also think, too, like you take the Dallas game, and they knew guys were out and Luke is not playing and he's an all-NBA player. You, at least minimally subconsciously, you even if you try not to, you ease up. There isn't that great sense of urgency, the must-win situation, all those things that we see in the postseason. So, and I know it's going to be fun, and it's what we do, and we're going to obsess over the Suns games because they're going to mean something more. Even though they're not the litmus test, they're still going to mean something more. And the guys are definitely going to want to win those games. Not that they don't want to win the other games, but they're going to have a sense of urgency in those games for sure. We understand that. At the same time, I can't go nuts about it because it doesn't count in the postseason. When you, if you beat whatever team, the Suns or the uh, Warriors, if you go undefeated against them, if you should pace them in the postseason, you still start out at 0-0. But I just wonder, since the Jazz have already been through it, you know, how much of it's not like it's on cruise control, but what's their sense of urgency in all these games? I, because I don't think it's super, super high. I do think that they go on cruise control during games or stretches. The urgency isn't there, and they know they're better. And even though you don't want to just turn it on and win the game, they know they can because they're that much better than a big chunk, at least half of the NBA. Oh, I would say two-thirds, but yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said at least half, because you can argue two-thirds pretty easily. And and I'll give you examples. Just in this most recent Dallas game, they got down 16 to a team that didn't have Luka Doncic and didn't have... Uh, they put the list up of 10 players who weren't available. Now, some of those guys, if everybody were available, some of those guys wouldn't have uh, played anyway. <laughs> I mean, you're guy 12, and you're not going to get in the game if the whole team's available. But it just makes it sound, they sound like they're so depleted. And Quinn in his postgame, you know, tried to address it. You know, there are lots of good players, and like... Okay, but none of them are Luka Doncic, you know, and then Quinn catches himself. No disrespect to Luka Doncic or anything like that, but the Jazz just know they're better. And so they do dig out of a 16-point hole, and they dig out pretty quickly, and they're up by 10 in the fourth quarter, and they give up a 10-2 run to Dallas. And I just got to believe that that was nothing other than a couple minutes of cruise control. And now it's a two-point game with four minutes to go, and you're wondering, are they going to let themselves get put in a position where a bad call or a no call – Maybe cost them the game. 
They'd been in that spot a couple times this year, and it's cost them a game. That's what Rudy was alluding to. And they did have that horrific call with seven seconds left where a guy throws a ball up in the air, goes and catches it. It's an obvious travel. There's only three people in the whole arena who don't know it. Hey, play, ah, there play might have been the other two who know it, but they didn't want to call it. <laughs> they didn't Somebody else's call. call. Uh, that was terrible. But fortunately, they had a six-point lead, so that didn't beat them. Uh, correct. But it feels like at times they're on cruise control, even within games, just for a few minutes. I, I'm hesitant to say that. So why does this stuff happen? Because the other guys are I, that good? I, I like it's a lack of urgency. Okay, well, we're splitting hairs here. If you would prefer that terminology, yes. And, and they had the best record last year. So I think it's, it's not that they don't want the best record, because I think everybody would like to have it. I mean, the Warriors had a championship and still wanted to go out and try and get the NBA record for wins. You know, if it's there to be competed for and earned, go, go try to grab it. But when you just got the best record in the NBA a year ago— and fought through injuries at the end of the year. Conley was out and Mitchell was out, and they still scraped and got there to the best record. But it didn't do them any good when they lost four in a row and went out in the second round. So more than ever, and I think the regular season matters to a lot of teams. It matters to the Spurs right now. They're terrible start, and the Jazz are playing them a night, and the Spurs have won 10 of 5. You've got to prove to yourself and everybody else that you can do it at that level before you go to the next level. But the Jazz and the Suns and the Warriors are all at the level now where everybody wants a championship, and it's just not going to be... I, I don't see how any of those three teams are really going to be able to... Whichever two have to lose, maybe all three will, maybe the Nets will win the title, but at least two of them can't win the title, and those two are going to be bitterly disappointed. It's going to feel like an opportunity lost. How is it going to feel like anything else to whichever two teams don't pull it off? Uh, I think it's a little bit different for the Jazz because they haven't been to the final. All right, I'll give you a little bit. But if they get to the final and lose, they're still going to be bitterly disappointed. Sure, but it would be progress and would be hard for me to say that it's been a disappointing season. It was a disappointing result once you got there, a la Phoenix last year. But as I said, it was not a disappointing season for Phoenix last year. We wouldn't put that on the Suns at all. No, not at all. So I think that if the Jazz got to the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, the third time in franchise history, that's a significant accomplishment. Uh, so I get losing the NBA Finals is always a disappointment, no matter who you are. If you went that far, it's the old saying, you didn't come this far to go this far. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Uh, that's true. Yes. Yeah. But right now, I think they all think they've got enough to do it. So do it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and we can we can uh, we can assist in the rationalization process in June if it comes to that. But please don't let it come to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but it has to for at least two of these three teams. Well, yeah, two of the three, sure. two of the three aren't even going to make it to the finals, obviously, because of the way the playoffs set up. And that's the way it should be. You don't want to be a cakewalk into the finals. You got to have some level of competition. In order, the the more competition you have, the more it'll mean to you, uh, whoever the eventual winner is. Sure, and I guess sure. that's really what the Warriors and Suns, and maybe the Jazz will get into that race. They're three games back in the loss column right now, but the advantage of being number one is instead of a month of grueling playoff games to get to the NBA Finals, 
a month of the you know Jazz right now would have to play the Suns and Warriors in back to back series. So what? I, I don't know that that's an advantage or disadvantage. I can argue just as well it's an advantage because if you win that second round series, you got all sorts of confidence and you have to be playing at a high level. So I know that's a cliche and you're supposed to say that, but I don't know that that necessarily matters or if it's even true. Because if I win the second round series, no matter who wins that second round series between the second and third seeds, if the seeds hold as they are now, whoever wins that is going to be brimming with confidence. As, you know, and but but I get it. You, but at the end of the regular season, not just some schmo morning show host, but the coaches and the star why players you talk on the about me? top three teams. I was actually talking about me. I, I could have been talking about us. Who you're are a kidding? Hall of freaking Famer. Yeah, Mr. Mo Morning Show host. And you're going to win another award. The man, I was watching I you so. this week, man. You obviously had that award on your mind, man. You had some. Of, <laughs> you did you? some of your best work this past weekend. And I don't even watch Channel Two anymore. I'm not a TV guy anymore. I've been fired. I've been banished, cast aside. I has been. But yet I was able to see your greatness. And I'm thinking, yeah, he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He sees the award there. He's going for it. Same parallel. I mean, you might as well be Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Just wants to be 11 feet in the air looking down on the hoop. That would have been awesome. (laughs) Well, you're looking down at the rest of us. All right. Enough of you, PK. Metaphorically speaking, yeah. yeah, you had a great weekend of television, man. I'm telling you. You didn't even watch Saturday. You were watching the Jazz game. What are you talking about, Saturday? Yeah. You had on uh, Yogi. You had on uh, Pablo. The only person you didn't have on was me. <laughs> Yogi was on Sunday. and Rob, Pop- No, he was not. Pablo was he on was- a week ago. He was, but you, but uh, Yogi was not just on Sunday because Fox played a little snippet of it. I on Friday, it. on Friday he did. Right, Friday. So I, that's what I was getting ready for the weekend on Friday. My weekends start on Friday. <laughs> I have a friend from college who still cracks up because he always did the Friday sports show on the college radio station. He filled in on a Tuesday in the end. He said, "Have a great weekend." And I was engineering and said. Had to come on and do the station ID and said, KCSB FM 91.9 Santa Barbara, where the weekend starts on Tuesday. Kirk will quote that back to you right now. Nice call on the weekend, PK. Well, that's when it starts. I I was prepared on Christmas Eve, and you darn well better believe I watch Yogi. You have a phenomenal weekend. I mean, it's the same thing, man. That award is coming into view, and you're making a late-season push, just like the Jazz will do in March and April. I promise you. You want this thing, man, and you've had it. I mean, if you get it, you're going to be like Jordan the Delta Center holding up six fingers. (laughs) Nice. Mitchell and Jordan comparisons. Hey, should we go to break now? Are you running out of guys? <laughs> hey, you're the award winner. I'm the schmo. I'll be like Charles Barkley hitting the buffet for the fifth time. The round mound of rebound and morning sound. <laughs> when it comes to schmo, there's only one person who has that distinction, and that's me. DJ and PK coming up. Steve Cleveland's going to join us in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The new zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local. 
All day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Wilson takes the snap. Jaguars come with a blitz. Here they come. Wilson eludes the rush. He's going to take off. He's got plenty of running room, and he's going to scamper for a big game. 30, 25, still inbounds at the 20, makes a miss at the 10. He could go. Wilson dives. Touchdown. Touchdown, New York Jets. Zach Wilson on a 55-yard scamper, breaking tackles, staying in bounds, and just like that, the J-E-T-S are on the board. It's 6-3 New York. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game right there. Zach Wilson scrambling for 52 yards and a touchdown. Know it today. Unrivaled 450, your chance to win fabulous prizes. NFL this weekend, PK. There were a few big games, a couple of head scratchers. The total shocker of the weekend. How in the world did the Chargers, who seemed like they had an easy win lined up on the way to their uh, on the way to a playoff berth, they lose to the Texans, and now they'll be uh, they'll be scrapping with everybody else the last two weeks to get in. The Houston Texans. That was only their fourth win. I don't know where they came up with a twenty four point fourth quarter, but they did it. I don't either. No, it's very disappointing from the Chargers. I guess they're just not mature enough at this point. The Bills showed some maturity. Statement win. Going into New England, beating New England and taking control of the division title. That was impressive. They looked pretty fired up as they made some big plays at the end of that game. So I think that in the NFL, because there's so fewer games compared to the NBA, you can, yes, have those statement games, particularly as we get down to the end, late December, obviously, battling for the division. And those things matter way more than they do in the NBA. So in the NFL, it's a different animal. And so, yes, to that extent, it can be. Now, I don't think Buffalo is a great team, but I think they're the best team in that division. And I was always thinking that. And so the Patriots have surprised me to an extent, but I thought Josh Allen really identified himself as a premier quarterback. And if you are a transfer, I would advise you to go to University of <laughs> Wyoming because you can become the next Josh Allen. Uh, they need a starting quarterback. They got guys transferring out. The job is wide, wide open. If you've, uh... I don't know why they have guys transferring out. They won the potato bowl. What more do you want? <laughs> the Mountain West Conference title. Well, you beat the Mountain West champion, man. They beat them like a drum. And then Polarized they went to the potato bowl. destroyed and, them. And Utah State didn't lose again. The Colts quietly putting together one good win after another. They have now won eight of their last ten. They beat the Cardinals 22-16. to The wheels continue to come off the Cardinals. And you were right to doubt them in October. I uh, I read a uh, Trey Wingo used to be on ESPN and still is doing some football stuff and out there on Twitter had a stat about Arizona and the the wheels coming off three years in a row uh, under this coaching staff they get to late October the twenty fourth the twenty fifth the twenty eighth whatever it is and everything just falls apart year after year and it's holding true again this year you doubted them and your doubt has been rewarded. Uh, I don't know that it's been rewarded, but uh, I didn't want the reward. I was rooting for them to win. I had four family members at the game. that, yeah. uh, And now they've lost, they've lost three in a row. Yeah. I mean, I doubted them as a 10-2 and two, number one seed in the NFL. Well, they've the clinched a playoff berth despite all these losses. Yeah. I mean, everybody and else. So I think that's it. important for the team, but you certainly don't want to go into the playoff on a six-game losing streak. That doesn't do anything for you. No. 
No, it doesn't. All right, yeah, D- the Cowboys in Seattle. That's uh, well, Seattle's eliminated now, but the Cowboys look great as they just humiliated Washington. Well, that's why I went six. If they lose to Seattle, most likely it'll be six because I would assume they would lose to the Cowboys. All right, DJ and PK, it is time to bring in Andrew right now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Guys, if you're struggling with ED, Wasatch Medical has a breakthrough treatment, and Andrew's here to tell you all about it. Well, this is breakthrough mostly because it's not the pill, which has existed for 30 years. If you're out there a little frustrated in the bedroom, noticing maybe the blood flow isn't what it used to be, that is exactly what we correct at Wasatch Medical with wave therapy. These gentle pressure waves open up and regrow the blood vessels. Uh, Over about a few 10-minute sessions, according to Cambridge, that is enough for most men to get rid of the ED, get the intimacy back, and get rid of the pills. And you've got a lot of clinical research now that says this works, and it's going to continue to work. Yes. If you go to wasatchmedicalclinic.com, I think there's about 50 clinical studies now Uh, multiple universities, hospitals. This has been called the new standard of care for ED, that it creates a clinical increase in blood flow. I think the pill will someday soon be a thing of the past. And you got a special offer for people who right now pick up the phone and call you. We certainly do. If you're ready to end the ED, guys, if you're sick of the pills, you want to regain that spark, give us a call. The exam assessment and blood flow ultrasound with the md it's no charge a gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom that's worth the trip alone trust me on that and if you feel like uh maybe a little low in the tank blood work and testosterone that's free as well guys wasatch medical has an easy phone number to remember 801-901-8000 call right now to get that free offer 801-901-8000 call andrew and call the wasatch medical clinic at 801-901-8000 and regain your love life thank you andrew thank you steve cleveland's weekly interview with dj and pk is brought to you by mountainland supply where the pros go for plumbing landscaping irrigation agricultural irrigation hvac parts tools and safety equipment Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. All right, Steve. Jazz fans have one worry at the front of their brain right now. Donovan Mitchell missing a road trip. Two games. Lower back strain. Now he was playing and dunking and looking good in the last game, but he was also wincing, jogging up and down the court, and was getting treatment both back in the locker room and on the bench for his back. And it's only two games right now. They have made no announcements one way or another about what will happen when they play Minnesota home on Friday. With what you know about back injuries and what you know about basketball players, how concerned should Jazz fans be? Yeah, back injuries are no fun. They're especially when you, as we get older, and I am much older than Donovan Mitchell, but uh, they're just nagging and they require constant care. And I'm sure he's going to get that. Um, with therapy and all the different things that they do. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's aggravating. It's just it impacts your shot. It impacts you just kind of always have it on your mind. So I'm hopeful that it's not going to be anything long-term. But, it, you know, this has been a season of protocols and injuries. I, I don't ever remember more people being out of games over extended periods of time than, than this year. And obviously COVID has a big – it plays a big part in it too as well. But injuries have happened as well. And, and 
when you're not playing and you try to come back too quick, that can be hazardous. And so hopefully Donovan gets healthy. And, you know, the road trip they've got, Spurs are playing pretty good. I mean, they've, uh, they're 3-0 and the last three games. They beat the Clippers who were down. I mean, you start looking at people's wins, and it's hard to tell whether they're quality wins or not when there uh, is so much, so many players out because of COVID protocol. But uh, the Lakers, who are horrible, uh, got destroyed by San Antonio, and then the Spurs beat Pistons. So they're they're coming off of three good wins. Murray obviously is is solid. Pirtle coming, you know, kind of a Utah guy there. White McDermott. They've got San Antonio's got guys that can play. They're playing together. Obviously, got a great coach. So. Going on a road and playing San Antonio is not going to be easy, especially when they're playing with so much confidence and and they don't have a, a lot of guys missing. So that will be a tough that be a tough ball game. And uh, but you know we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, Portland seems to be really up and down, uh, and the Wolves same thing. I mean on a any given night, depending on who's healthy and who isn't. But this is going to be a, a bit of a challenge. They'll have the Timberwolves at home, I think. Uh, later in the week, but you know, if uh, Lillard gets hot and Nurkic plays well, I mean, those, those are two games they can go and lose if uh, they don't pay attention. But they're certainly capable of beating both those teams, even without Donovan Mitchell. But they're going to have to step up and play. You look at some of the Jazz games here in recent weeks. They've lost to some teams that are inferior, and then even in sometimes of the wins, particularly uh, Dallas at Christmas night, that the Mavericks are woefully shorthanded. The Jazz get down by 16. They come back and win the game. There's so many games that you play in the NBA. From a coaching standpoint, how do you know when to step on them, so to speak, or how do you handle I don't want to say lackadaisical efforts, but you're not playing at your best, but it's still December and you still got so many games to go in terms of, you know, how much do you get on them? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I think in college where oftentimes we don't play nearly as many games, uh, we, we tend to, there seems to be more of a sense of urgency. I think, I think in the NBA, you recognize, especially this year, uh, with all the issues health-wise and injury-wise and things that are going on, uh, that you, I think you have to be, remain pretty level-headed here. And I think you just, if you're really transparent with your players and you have that kind of relationship, and I know the Jazz have that kind of culture and relationship, I mean, you can talk through these things. And then there are times you need to get into guys when guys aren't giving effort and guys aren't prepared mentally. They're not t- taking care of their bodies like they need. But the Jazz are not a team that has a history of that. Uh, however, here, here's what's interesting. And I, I started thinking, I had a conversation with a guy the other day, and, and, and they going, how, how can this team lose to this team? And first of all, everybody in that league can play. And I, I think we underestimate, if we don't see the star power, we don't know their names, and we don't know where they went to school, they don't have a history, we just assume they can't play. There aren't, there's nobody in the NBA that can't play. And given an opportunity, they can go for 20 on a given night. And, and especially guys like that, which is happening all the time. Now, every day you read, you read a game, a guy comes out averaging 4.7, goes for 26. And I don't, think they're, I don't think it's so much among the players. It could be a little bit. But for the fan base, you know, fan base can't figure this out. I mean, you know, because normally in a collegiate team, you got seven or eight guys and the rest of the guys are just there to support they can't play. You know, I don't know. What's the number now? 16 or 17 that you can carry on a roster? 
in the NBA. And the fact is, those 14th and 15th guys are chomping at the bit to get in the game. No pressure on them. And, and they wouldn't be in that roster unless they could play. Now, they're not superstars, but guys can play in that league. And just because we don't know their names, and we don't remember them seeing them playing. So I think it's probably more a fan-based issue than it is. I'm pretty sure that coaches do a good job of understanding. But even as players, I think when you see six or seven guys missing, there's a mindset that changes a little bit. And as a coach, man, you got to really work on that because all of a sudden, you know, you're down 14, you're down 15, and now everybody's got to, you know, get reset. And we got to do a mental reset. We got to do a physical reset. Okay, we got to get back into this game. And there have just been so many games where teams that you never think would win games would because of all the issues of missing players. But uh, it would be foolhardy to think, I'm not, especially talking to fans, just because you don't know them doesn't mean you go read their bios and they average 26 a game in college or they played in Europe. Uh, I, I think that's one thing that keeps the, the fans, they, they have a hard time dealing with that. Like, how, how can that happen? They're, down, they're missing the three top scorers. How could they win a game? How could San Antonio go in and just blow out the Lakers? Well, the Lakers being dysfunctional at all, but that's not a game that San Antonio probably should have gone and blown them out. And so – yeah, it's, 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 it's an issue. I, I think as a coaching staff, uh, it's a long season. You know, there's a lot of really great coaches in this league. I think guys are most concerned. Things I'm reading now, I've never read before in the paper. Effort. I, I can't tell you how many times now head coaches have come out and just disgusted with the effort, disgusted with the competitiveness. Well, a lot of that lends itself to guys missing uh, being very inconsistent, guys getting in new roles, and, and when you're playing a, maybe even a different position than you normally play, it, it, it impacts confidence and it impacts effort. And those are the things you can control. You can control effort. And, but, if, you know, guys sitting there knocking shots, contesting shots now, you just do what you can do. But things like effort, attitude, being in the gym early, you're seeing more of that creeping out in the media now and hearing about it. And, and I'm sure it's aligned a lot with, with all the health protocols and everything going on. But still, uh, it, it's a tough time right now. I mean, these guys are making lots of money and they get the greatest jobs in the world. But it, it is a very, very complex uh, atmosphere within the whole NBA itself. I mean, just never knowing who's going to play on any given night. And that sometimes lends itself to inconsistent play. And that's why the Jazz and Golden State – and, you know, Phoenix teams that night in and night out haven't had to deal with a lot of protocol issues, and they've stayed consistent. And those are, you know, your three best teams probably in, in the NBA right now. So besides the fact they have good coaching and really good players. And I think that's what it comes down to for a lot of Jazz fans, because if you ask Jazz fans, and for that matter, if you ask me, they're not passing the eyeball test. I think they're much better than they look uh, in – in the games they lose, and they're much better than they look in stretches of games they're winning. But then you turn around, Steve, they're 11-2 in the last 13 games. <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. That is a clip you would take that. Hey, Quinn, you want to win 11 in the next 13? Yeah, I'll take it. I'll sign off on that right now. So, But I think it comes down to that the Warriors and Suns are playing at a 65-win pace, and everybody wants the Jazz to win a championship. So as good as the Jazz look they don't pass the eyeball test on what a championship team should look like. And it's only December, so you can't win the title anyway. But I think that's where the angst comes from. Yeah, 
and, and, and I think anytime people don't understand things, I'm talking about the public now, and there's a lot of things they don't understand what's going on and the, the preparation and the health protocols and the injuries. You know, we all get a little bit fearful about our team. You know, you know, Mike, you know the, it's a panic button. What's going on, you know? And, and everybody's kind of losing their minds. But at the end of the day, the thing that those three teams all have is they have continuity in coaches. They have continuity in a system. They have continuity in guys that get along with each other. And let, let's not forget that when you're playing three games a week, I, I know they're professionals and are in great shape, but that does take a toll on your body. And, and who, you know, we don't know about all the sicknesses and the little dings and little injuries. You only hear about the serious stuff. But every guy out there for the Jazz, he's dealing with something. It's a tweaked knee. It's a calf muscle. It's, he's, he's had a cold for two weeks, you know. And, and we look at them and as being such amazing athletes and specimens and capable of doing anything. But all that stuff's going on. And, and, and plus the fact they have lives at home and with wives and children and kids and extended family and all the pressures that go with that. So, yeah, sometimes we, we're not real patient. But uh, I think Utah's in a, in a great position. And you know what? Having Donovan, if Donovan misses a game or two, what a great opportunity for somebody else to step up and, and have that kind of growth and have that kind of opportunity. I don't know who that'll be, but they're, it's, I don't know if they're the most experienced team in the league in terms of time together, but they've got to be one of the most. So I just I think that the one thing the Jazz have, besides having a great culture, good staff and everything, they, they've got guys that have been in the league that aren't going to overreact to panic. And so as a fan, I, I would, my suggestion to the fans is you don't need to panic. You know, you keep loving your team, keep being upset when they don't play well, all those things that fans get to do. But I think the Jazz are in a really, really good position. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got a situation where they, they can win all of these games. I mean, there's no question. I, I, this San Antonio game will be really, really difficult uh, because they're just playing with so much confidence. And, and most people in America couldn't name the starters. You know, and, and so it's it's not a team of a bunch of names. Uh, you know, maybe Murray, Dr. Murray is probably the most famous guy. Utah people recognize Pirtle. You know, the rest, the rest of the country has no idea who's playing for San Antonio. But they've come in here 3-0 and uh, and playing well. So don't be surprised if, you know, Jazz going to have to play well to beat San Antonio in San Antonio. There's no question about it. So I think you're trying to put out a message that says stay the course, but yet I know yeah. that Danny Ainge is over there. And he's <laughs> not necessarily prone to stay the course. What's your gut tell you about what he might do? You know, I, I know him as a really, really competitive person in all things in life. Okay, that's just that's his that's in his DNA. Uh, but I also know that. He has been at the very highest of highs in that league as a player, as a, you know, a GM, and all the things that come with that. But uh, I, I think he's going to bring great energy. I think he'll have ideas. There'll be fresh and new ideas because you're always looking for those kinds of things. But, and I think he'll have a real positive influence. But I think he'll watch his step. I, I think he knows that even though he's certainly very, very, very qualified, they hired him to get his ideas and thoughts and it's, it's, a, it's a guy that's got so much in his brain about this game and about coaching it and about managing it and doing all those things that he's going to get asked all the time. But I, I, I see Danny being a voice of reason. Uh, but I also see him being a guy that believes that there isn't anything this team can't do. I and mean, that's one of the things in being around Danny is 
is, and I'm not close friends with Danny Ainge. I've obviously been around him a number of times, but he he has a vision. Uh, you know, he, he he's really good about uh, sharing that vision and helping people understand how they can accomplish things. He's very articulate that way. But I also don't see him being coming in there and and, and being real demonstrative and all of a sudden being the loudest voice in, in the organization. I, I just I, that would shock me. But that being said, uh, I, I think from ownership to coaches and everybody, everybody believes in that organization they can win an NBA championship. And so that's sometimes going to require, you know, it might be fixed through the draft. It might be fixed through skill development. It might be fixed through schemes. It might be fixed through an attitude adjustment, culture things. I don't know. I mean, the Jazz seem really sound to me, and it seems like they've taken care of business at about every level. Uh, but – Injury here or there, no Donovan Mitchell. If you didn't have Donovan Mitchell for three or four weeks, it changes things. Guys, other guys have to step up, and uh, and that's what's happening on every other team. We, you know, it's easy to point, but there's been a lot of teams at eight, nine, ten guys in health protocols. Wow, that's hard to win games with that many guys out and that many new players. And you know, we've got these ten day guys coming in. I mean, it's just uh, you can't keep track of everybody anymore. That continuity thing you, you were talking about really goes out the window and you lose 10 guys. <laughs> yes. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Hey, I wanted to ask you. Know you go ahead. I wanted to ask you about uh, BYU going out to Hawaii, going 2-1. and one. Uh, Obviously, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., they had no way to keep him away from the rim. Goes back to losing the two big guys, possibly. Uh, what kind of a ceiling does that put on BYU basketball? How much can they adjust to that down the line? Well, I, I think I thought, first of all, uh, and I watched those games, it's it kind of interesting that they didn't have a championship thing because yeah. of protocols. That's another thing that's probably never happened before. You know, I, I, I think the one thing that BYU is missing, obviously, is a presence inside. Now, I, and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce his name well, but the Traore kid uh, from Mali, a freshman, 6'6". He might only be 6'5". I mean, he... He is such a load in there, and he continues to get better. Gideon George, who has a little bit of size, is getting better. Loner, you know, Loner had he, – he continues to be really consistent. I, I kind of thought a year ago that his ceiling would be much higher at this point in time. Offensively, I thought he could take over games. Uh, and, the, and the one thing that BYU, the four guards, I mean, Nell and Spencer Johnson, the two kids that can shoot it, and, and, and having Alex Marcello and having two point guards, uh, you're, you're in a situation where they're really good against teams that have athleticism and quickness because they match up. And, and sometimes you'd rather not play smaller teams because it really stretches the floor. But I think that there are going to be times that they're going to miss Howard. They're going to miss uh, Baxter because they don't have that presence at the rim. But Traore is just an absolute beast inside and he's just getting better every day but it's 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 not going to be easy and i look at byu and you're, you're talking usf has a really good team this year i've watched them play just because they played a couple of california teams against like Gonzaga, we obviously know it's good st mary's is kind of what they always are and byu so there's not a lot of stuff even santa clara is a little bit better this year so there's a little more depth the bottom of the bottom of the wcc is not great but uh this, you know, BYU needs to win the games that they're supposed to win, and uh, and I and I, I like watching BYU play, uh, but but it's one of those things that 
it's difficult to score inside. And, uh, and I think because there's a presence there. And defensively, I think, you know, that game, the, the adjustments, you know, he scored, his last, he scored the last 16 points in that game. Uh, in that game. So, you know, just making those kind of adjustments, having people at the rim, it was fun games to watch. I thought Vanderbilt ran good stuff. And uh, they they did a lot of, you know, there was a little bit of Princeton, a little bit of Air Force stuff. Uh, They were really intellectually and just to watch conceptually. I love watching them play. But, you know, BYU had obviously had an opportunity to win that game. And there was some fouls at the end maybe that weren't called. But you don't have a, a, a lot of significant scoring guys that can just take over games. Barcello can do that. Barcello can do that. But the other guys are kind of more role guys that knock threes down when they're open. I, I will say this for, for BYU. They continue to defend, and, and their game plans are always really, really solid. And, uh, and they, they're going to keep themselves in every game just because they can really guard and they play hard. But they – I'm you know – in terms of winning the WCC without those two bigs, in terms of, you know, getting into the NCAA I, I think they can get into the NCAA tournament, but I don't think they can do it if they've got five or six losses. So they're going to need to beat everybody they're supposed to beat. Gonzaga is Gonzaga. Uh, we'll see what San Francisco's like and how good they really are. But I do like the toughness of this group. They're always together. Uh, it, was, it was kind of just a strange thing to watch that tournament and not see a championship game. But Scotty Pippen Jr., he's pretty good. And uh, I didn't know a lot about him until I watched the tournament. And I really like Vanderbilt. And uh, I just like the stuff they ran. And it, it's just, it, was, it wasn't so consistent with, because we're in a, collegiate basketball, is, it's, everything's about, you know, the dribble. And it's, it's very little post-up stuff, very little uh, kind of screening action for guys. Everything comes off the dribble and how people read it and react to it, whether we penetrate and whatever else we do with it. So it's fun to watch Vanderbilt do things a little bit differently. I enjoy watching their team play. Uh, but BYU saw it. I mean, they don't, they, they don't typically beat themselves. And I, I think they're going to get into the NCAA tournament. But it's not going to be easy because conference play is always more difficult. But I do like the toughness of BYU's team. I mean, they they, they got tough guys. And they're, they're going to, they've got mentally tough and physically tough guys. They just don't have the size they've had in the past. Well, Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again in a week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Steve Cleveland, join us on Smart Rain Guest Line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. PK, we don't usually have college football this early in the morning. It's a little weird. I'm not going to kid you. Well, man, when you have a kickoff and you take it to the house, house. and celebrate it. To the house! <laughs> Western Michigan. Uh, Nevada kicked a field goal, and Western Michigan ran the kickback. And the uh, kid got into the end zone and pretty much high-fived everybody in the end zone. There. Are they in Detroit, probably? I don't know where the Ford quick lane field, goal is. Yep. Ford Field. Yeah. yeah. So they had a lot yeah. of fans there. I figured they didn't have to go too far with that many fans. So that game is underway. DJ and PK, we are joined Right now by Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And Andrew, why do you think so many guys are hesitant to get their ED taken care of? Because it seems like when you talk to patients, a lot of them tell you, I didn't want to come in. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's so common. Uh, 70% of men with ED do not seek treatment, probably because of embarrassment or stigma. We feel like less of a man. Uh, so common. Here's what I'd say. You're more normal than you think. The worst thing you can do is nothing at all, especially because we've got a treatment that takes all of the negatives out of treating ED. No man wants to go to the pharmacy, take the pill, deal with the side effects. This acoustic wave therapy will open up and regrow blood vessels. It treats the root cause problem of ED. And in just two weeks, you could be done with the treatments and seeing more blood flow where you want it, when you want it. What do patients tell you when they finish treatments? Well, I think that it's a, a kind of a stress reliever. They don't have to worry about the timing game with the pill. They get on-demand function, so you get rid of that anxiety. They draw closer to their significant other. Ultimately, I think when we get ED fixed, it has this far-reaching ripple effect, not just in the bedroom, but outside the bedroom as well. And you got a special offer for people who pick up the phone right now. We certainly do. Guys, get your ED taken care of. Get the spontaneity back or just improve frequency. We do a lot of that here. Call us the exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound. That's free with the doctor. The gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You're going to love that. And if you feel like you have a need, this is pretty cool and quite valuable. Blood work and testosterone. That's free as well. All right, guys, if you want to set up this initial meeting, all you got to do is call 801-901-8000. You can take advantage of this special offer by calling 801-901-8000. Andrew and Wasatch Medical Clinic are available for you right now at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. Frank Schwab joins us from Yahoo Sports. Tyler Huntley, is he going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL at some point next season or the following? Uh, maybe the following, but here's my thing. If I'm the Ravens, my starter plays a certain style. Lamar Jackson, he runs a lot. He's exposed more to injury than most quarterbacks. Now, I'm not trading this guy. Why would I? He's a perfect backup. He's a great backup. So, do I think he's a starter next year? I honestly don't, just because I don't. But why would the Ravens trade him at this point? But once you get closer to him, when he can become a free agent and all that, like maybe at that point, you start to make some decisions, but I think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league just based on what you've seen the last couple of weeks. He really brings something. It's it's actually shocking he didn't get drafted based on his skill set and what the NFL, a lot of NFL teams are looking for these days. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Here's Niang for three. That's no good. Harold bumps it, beat and beat getting the rebound and scores it. And he turns around and yells at Harold, just shoved him. And that's got to be a T, and that is. And Montrez Harold is out of here. Levine turns the corner on the right baseline to the rack with a right handed layup. It's the Zach Levine show at the United Center, and welcome to the party. Top of the key, Monte Morris. Monte guarded by Bledsoe. Back to Jokic in a three. Yes! 98 Slacker Radio headlines are brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Montrez Harrell is out of here! I don't know why that's the thing that cracks me up, but that's the one that does. I don't know either. NBA action, aside from Montrez Harrell being out of here! 
Spurs beat the Pistons 144-109. Spurs hosting the Jazz tonight. No Donovan Mitchell. Lower back strain, not on the road trip. We'll miss two games on this trip. Will he come back afterwards? Maybe, maybe not. Jazz, we'll leave that out for later in the week, and we'll see how that goes. Dave, 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 as a Hall of Famer, you should know maybe implies maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. But I like the so You don't balance. need to say maybe not because maybe implies maybe not. But maybe I enjoy saying maybe not. That's so why I just say All right. sheer You, you want to give back to the journalistic community. You're setting the standard. If you want people to do that, go ahead. You said this is radio, may, not journalism. Knock it off. May it be on your soul. Yeah, but you're winning broadcaster of the year. That's journalism. You're at the highest level again. Well, and maybe. managed to stay there. It's just amazing. I mean, hey, you yak, like you Yankees. got that. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. All right, scale of 1 to 10, how concerned should Jazz fans be? I have a number. Go ahead. Concerned about what? Donovan being out, Uh-oh. back strain. So not beating the Spurs. I was going more big picture. I wasn't so okay, worried about one game. that's what I game. wanted to know. That's what I yeah. wanted to know, yes. Uh, but right. it's still something to be concerned about because this team's good enough that they should be able to lose a player, even a player as good as Donovan, and go out and beat the Spurs on the road. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, my level of concern is no more than a five. Okay, that was exactly my number. We're on exactly the same page. And it was more a four than a six, so... He was throwing down dunks I mean, if, with whatever back strain he had. If it's Christian McCaffrey or somebody who just seems, <laughs> seems like they're constantly the injured yeah. and they're an amazing individual talent but can't find any level of consistency health-wise, then I would be there at a much higher level. But this isn't who Mitchell is and, or has, yeah. he hasn't been anyway yet. And the big uh, NBA injury news is that Paul George torn UCL in his elbow. He is uh, out for three to four weeks, maybe longer than that. We'll see when we get to three to four weeks what the Clippers have to say at that point. Clippers don't care about the next three to four weeks. They care about getting the postseason and finding health. They're along the lines of the Denver Nuggets. Hey, if we're healthy, we got a shot. If we're not, we don't. Nuggets beat the Clippers 103-100 thanks to Jokic's 26 points and 22 boards. He is putting up massive numbers and carrying that team as much as can be done with the guys that are missing. All right, the NFL news. There were many games, divisions hanging in the balance. The Rams, despite Stafford's three interceptions, beat the Vikings 30-23. They've clinched a playoff berth, as have the Cardinals. The Rams have the lead in that division. The Bills have the inside track in the AFC East after going in and beating New England. With a, uh, as regular season goes, that was a big regular season game, gutsy performance. The Bills had been slumping in the middle of the year after a good start. And after a bad start, the Patriots had come on and won seven out of eight, so that was a good win for the Bills on the road. And the Bengals, man, all the pregame talk was on Baltimore's quarterback. What are they going to do? They don't have Lamar Jackson. They don't have Tyler Unley. Uh, The problem wasn't the offense. The problem was the defense giving up 525 yards passing to Joe Burrow and four touchdowns. Those are LSU-type numbers. Yeah, but I think the offense and defense go hand in hand. You know, if you have your offense uh, clicking, maybe you're not on the field as much. So there's all sorts of stuff that play into that. Uh, but uh, he's, a, he's a good quarterback. He showed that last year before he got hurt. So he's going to be one of these number one picks who looks like they pan out. Josh Allen, too. He wasn't the number one pick, but he was a first-round pick. 
Hot teams right now. The Chiefs, winners of eight in a row, just blow the Steelers off the field. It was 23-0 at halftime. Chiefs cruise 36-10. Didn't have Travis Kelsey. Doesn't matter. Eight straight for the Chiefs. Colts have won eight out of ten. They beat the Cardinals on Saturday, 22-16. So the Colts, after a 1-4 start, they are playing great. Yeah, they are. I'm, the NFL, man, I've seen teams at 7-7 seven and seven go to the Super Bowl and win Super Bowls. So September, yeah, that might as well be 1925. Just <laughs> Get in and and see what you can do when you get in. And the Colts look like they have a great opportunity. Uh, although, you know, the Chiefs, I think, have now separated themselves. I was hesitant to call them dominant a week or two ago. And maybe Pittsburgh isn't the same. Probably, most likely, isn't the same of They're what not. they were. They're not good against uh, the run, and they don't run the ball well. And those are two things the Steelers were, no matter who their quarterback was. They've had some average quarterbacks and some good, but, man, to see them struggle to run it and have them running on the way their defense is, not good. Not good. Shocker of the weekend has to be the Houston Texans upsetting the Chargers. The Texans get the Chargers with 24 fourth quarter points and beat them 41-29, and the Chargers drop to 8-7, and seven, tied for the last wild card berth with the Ravens and the Raiders. Yeah, a bunch of average teams there. Uh, any given week can look good or look crappy. I know, but you were just talking about the seven and seven teams that then win and get to eight and seven, win to get nine and seven, and go in the Super Bowl. And I don't think any of us would pick the Ravens or the Chargers or the Raiders or anybody else who's floating around five hundred. And yet, it's happened. It has happened. Yeah, uh, in- inexplicably happened. And so, I don't know what to say as far as that goes. Do I take them seriously? Yes. Do I take them seriously over 17 games? No. Do I take them seriously over uh, two or three or four playoff games? No. But if I line up and play them on that particular Saturday or Sunday, I take them very seriously. Uh, A lot of the big dogs won. Tampa Bay completely dominated Carolina. Not surprising. Dallas just annihilated Washington. I I guess how thorough that beating was. If it had been more like the Bucs, a mere 32-6, that would have been one thing. You don't see the 56, the Steve Spurrier line, half a hundred. You don't see that in the NFL very often, but the Cowboys did it. I turned it off because I was bored, and I watched a little documentary on the baseball network about Ken Griffey senior and junior, mostly about junior, but when he made it to the big leagues and Seattle signed senior and all that. And so he was a star from basically birth and the father and son, you know, a little bit of a bonds deal with uh, Barry was anointed a star from birth because he had that level of talent. So that's how bored I was with that game. I watched the first half and I watched a little bit of the second half of it. This doesn't hold my interest anymore. So, And I am a sucker for documentaries, particularly sports documentaries. I, I, I'm always in. So I ended up for an hour from like 9 to 10 last night watching the thing on Ken Griffey. Uh, I was uh, channel surfing because the two uh, the two morning football games I was watching about 1 o'clock or so, and they kept – 
they kept going to uh, commercial at the same time. And I flipped over and hit a 30 for 30 documentary. They took the, uh, the Soviet Union hockey team that lost the Miracle on Ice game in 1980, and they took one of the players and his daughter back to the arena. And they interviewed a bunch of people in, in Russia, uh, a bunch of the players. And that was pretty interesting to hear them talk about losing the big game and, and what went wrong. Oddly, when they walked into the locker room, the daughter just went and sat down, and, a guy, and the dad looked at her and was like, you went and sat in the right locker. That was mine. And she had the whole room to pick from, and oddly, she sat in that locker. Pretty weird. All right, anything else catch your eye this weekend, or is it more about the college football games that aren't happening with bowl games getting canceled left and right and teams pulling out and saying they don't have the players? Saw somebody on Yahoo, I think it was uh, through the San Francisco Chronicle, demanding that the Rose Bowl be canceled. Demand, huh? These lectures from media people, when did the media become a point of just lecturing us? When when lecturing became lucrative? When opinion became lucrative? Yeah, but I don't know that that's in written form. I think that's more of... Uh, ding-dongs who have no training in media and spout off liberal or conservative, and then they end up being media TV stars. But the print version of it, I don't don't know that it is lucrative. But yet so many in print think it's their job to just lecture. And I just turn it off or click out of it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's different than a year ago because at this point it isn't uh, county governments or state governments shutting down games. There have been four bowl games. Uh, The Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve was canceled. Military and Fenway Bowls uh, with B.C. and Virginia unable to field teams. It's the schools doing it now. It's saying that uh, we've got too many sick kids or in the— in the, or at least kids who've tested positive or in the protocols and can't or shouldn't be playing. In the case of Hawaii, they cited COVID, injuries, and transfers. And I don't know what position groups they were running out of players at, but we've read the stuff about the coach there and players who aren't happy and people going into the transfer portal. So that's a whole mishmash of reasons that ended the Hawaii Bowl. And now Washington State needs an opponent in the Sun Bowl because Miami withdrew there. Yeah, some guy named Joe Matthews. 90,000 90, fans who've traveled from two states with even lower vaccination rates than California will cram into a small historic stadium during a winter surge of the Delta and, how do you say, Omicron variants? I thought it was Omicron. I thought there was an N in there. And then lately there Omicron. hasn't been. Did they change it or did I, I just read know. it wrong? I don't know. Yeah. So. I still think it's the indoor-outdoor thing. I still think I'd take a stadium versus an airport terminal. And we're not closing airport terminals down, but what do I know? Get a doctor to weigh in on that. All right, there's the weekend in sports. You're up to speed. Everything you missed. We had Nick Ford on in the show, Steve Cleveland on. Uh, Nick Ford talking about Disneyland and the Rose Bowl. And he's not too worried about the Rose Bowl being canceled. He says they've got guys separated and that, so he's feeling pretty good about that. He didn't seem to be too fired up. You want to hear any of that? Go wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, or out there all at Stitcher. They're out there all over the place. So you can go listen to any of those and uh, search for those interviews, or you can listen to our entire show. When we come back, 
Your feedback next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Clean up before and after the festivities. Keep the carpets clean well into 2022. Give Zero Res a jingle by calling 801-288-9376 or booking online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. Or if you're up north, it's ZeroResDavisWeaver.com. Time for your feedback. Question of the day. Four bowls and counting have been canceled. Anybody nervous about that game in Pasadena? Spencer says, sure would be funny if it does get canceled. To which interlocking Ute responds, wait. You're pulling for college kids to get COVID because you're a fan of their rival. That's low. <laughs> that is low if you it boil it down to that. So low. It's the the players for and I know you don't like Ohio State PK for a variety of reasons, but the individual players who've lifted the weights, they have run the sprints, they have watched the film, and they have won the games to get there. Let them have the thrill of running out on the Rose Bowl field on New Year's Day. Who can be against oh, that? Yeah. Come on. Nobody come. Yeah. Come on. I can't get be I can't get behind this at how, all. How I, is the I, world I get it's a rivalry, yeah. but I I can't accept it. How is the world a better place if the Rose Bowl gets canceled? That's just depressing, and that wouldn't matter if it were USC or Oregon State or Wisconsin or Penn State. The world is better with a Rose Bowl game. Yeah, I mean, who wants to have the disruption of Basically, Americana. Sporty McTweedy at Mike Baller 45. It will be hilarious when it gets canceled. To which Trina responded, Yeah, it'd be a real knee slapper, huh? FFS. <laughs> How about you stop being a miserable grouch because your team couldn't achieve Rose Bowl status? Finding delight in the prospect of something so important for so many being canceled is a real Turd Ferguson move. <laughs> I don't really think that people are thinking it through. You're just going rivalry, and that's it. You shouldn't get to play. Okay, even from the rivalry perspective, Ohio State's blown a lot of people out. Okay. From the rivalry's perspective, oh, wouldn't so you like to see out? the game played and see if Ohio State can win big like they've done in a bunch of other games saying. this year? Yeah. If you're a BYU fan? Yeah, but see, that's where everybody's afraid of Whittingham. Nah, he's, he's had a lot of time to prepare, and he's got a team that's fully motivated. And he's being doubted. I don't know that I've seen a guy who's better as an underdog and to where, oh, man, even even its own fan base. We had Christian Cox on, what was it, last week or the week before? And I went ahead and listened to the interview again last night to just uh, refresh my memory. And he was talking about when he was doing, uh, he did uh, pre-half and post with us for the Utes uh, back in the early days of the Pac-12. And he was talking about, you know, a couple of those losing seasons. The seasons weren't great. And he was saying that he heard the rumblings of people wanting Kyle out. And he said, what are you, insane? Hmm. And he actually compared, he spent a year with the Patriots, compared Belichick to Kyle in terms of consistency, and he threw in his high school coach, I think his name's Larry Wall, into that category. And there's somebody who was on the inside with, with all three men and knows what he's talking about, and you just needed to give him time to build the program up. And so, yeah, if you're a BYU fan, I can get where you're nervous about that game because here we go again. 
this guy has been in this situation so many times. It doesn't always come through because nobody always comes through. Kobe and MJ uh, lost more uh, than they won. I mean, they were in the league combined 35 years or whatever, you know, and they've got, what, uh, 11 titles between them. So that means there was plenty of times they didn't win it. But nevertheless, this is a guy, and this is a classic situation where nobody believes in us and that type of thing. And we've seen him do this time and time again. So I'd be a little nervous about Ohio State. And they're very, very explosive. I think I literally think this is the best team Utah has ever played, ever. I mean, history of the program. Uh, when you look at this offense and the firepower that they've got, maybe they're not as good defensively, but offensively they're really good. And so it's going to be tough, but it wouldn't surprise me if he does it again. Ohio State leads the country in yards per game. They lead the country in <laughs> points per game, and they've been beaten twice by teams that run the ball very well. And the uh, Utes, Utes run, run the, the ball, ball very, very well. I've been reading some. I've been reading some stuff out of uh, Cincinnati and Columbus, and they've been talking about that. That mm-hmm. this is a this is a matchup that doesn't work well. But at the same time, their offense is so good. They got a thousand yard rusher. They got two thousand yard receivers, and the best receiver is not a thousand yard receiver. So that's Chris, Chris Olave, who only holds the record for most touchdown receptions in Ohio State history at thirty five. Wow, that is something. I want to see the game. I don't care that it's a Rose Bowl game. I mean, it's a Rose Bowl, so that's awesome. But I would like to see the game, no matter what, just for the game's sake. I want to see the game because I think it has the potential to be the fun, a fun game. Now you factor in the Rose Bowl, sure, that just adds to it even more so. But I would like to see it if it was played on a practice field. All right, it's time to bring in Andrew Reinhardt right now. He joins us from Wasatch Medical. And, Andrew, you got a breakthrough treatment and a lot of research that says it works. We have 50 clinical studies now backing wave technology at Wasatch Medical, and it's our technology specifically. They say this treats the root cause problem of ED. Uh, It's safe. It's effective. It was called the new standard of care for erectile dysfunction. In fact, it's helping a lot of guys. Here's what I'd say. If you're out there struggling, maybe frustrated in the bedroom, noticing not as much blood flow as you used to have, that's what we can reverse It only uh, takes a few short 10-minute sessions over about two weeks, and that is it. You could be done. So you talk to uh, all the people who come through and you work with all of these patients. What are the messages? What are the themes you hear over and over? Well, I think guys are a little bit hesitant to start with. So that's the first thing is, I heard you for a little while. I uh, held off as long as I could. I finally came in. And then once they go through the treatments, it's so much easier than they thought. This is not an invasive or painful uh, process. It's a 10-minute session, not invasive, not painful, no side effects. You'll be done in a couple of weeks, and the blood flows in the bedroom where you want it, when you want it. And you got a special deal right now. We certainly do. If you're ready to get the frequency back in the bedroom to what it once was, Give us a call, the exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound with the MD. It's free, the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You guys will love that. And this is pretty cool, blood work and testosterone. If you feel a little lethargic, uh, you could be a candidate for that. That is free as well. 
All right, you can call right now, guys. Pick up the phone and call 801-901-8000. Get that free deal right now at 801-901-8000. Have that first meeting. Start addressing the root cause of the problem. Call Wasatch Medical Clinic and regain your love life now at 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. DJ and PK, we are out of time. Jake and Ben are ready. They are up next right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.